Hello, Looney listeners. This is Ray here. Just uh, wanting to say, look, if you like Moon Knight, I urge you to give The Fringe Knight a go. This is a self-published indie release by creator and writer Daniel Doing, um, and it's a it's a ripper of a read. Uh, the Fringe Night is an adventure comic series set in Erie, Pennsylvania, and the series stars the title character who protects his city from every threat imaginable, from radioactive wolfmen to mad scientists putting poodles in giant robots. The Fringe Night is there to protect. Definitely worth checking out. I highly recommend it. Uh, available. Uh, just check out the show notes. Uh, in this episode, but uh, Fringe Night has a Facebook page as well as a Patreon page, and you can also find all the comics on indieplanet.com. So check out Fringe Night by Daniel Doing. All right, let's get on to the show. Hi, this is the High Priest of Conchu Ray, and as you can hear, we are up in the Moon Copter, not just myself, I have special guest Jack Russell Moran. Jack Russell, I was about to call you Jack again. Russell, how are you going? Good, how are you? Yeah, good, good. As you can see, Russell, we um, we are up high. We're about to drop into Grand Mansion. Uh, have, you got your, have you got your glider cape ready? Oh, yes. Uh, I just uh, don't want to accidentally run into any, you know, flying, pumpkin-wielding people while we're out here. Uh, <laughs> Frenchie is a good a good pilot. Don't worry, he's got our backs. Um, oh, look, I'm just going to adjust my glider cape as well. We're all good. We're still in touch with Frenchie as well with our cows. Uh, why don't we aim towards that, that pool down there, and then we can kind of go through that tunnel up out Mark Spector's bedroom, and we'll be ready for the show. All right. All right, here we go. Yes, welcome back, loonies. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 187. I've dried myself off. I've got, you know, a nice fluffy towel. And um, this is an Isla Ra Sessions. So uh, with me, as you heard before, up in the Mooncopter, we've gone through the underwater tunnel. We've come out the other side. We are now sitting nice plush leather seats We've, uh, you know, we've got a roaring fire, as always. Uh, Jack Russell Moran. Russell, it's great to have you back in the mansion. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm glad to be back. Uh, I'm glad you. it's not a full moon, because, you know, I might turn. Uh, well, <laughs> exactly. Um, don't mind us, Russell. We do have some uh, some scopes trained on you, just in case. Uh, don't worry, tranquilizers. Oh. <laughs> um but Russell is joining me tonight in Grant Mansion, of course, to discuss his four Desert Island books, or what I'd like to call our Isla Ra books as well. So these are four books, four single books you could not live without. 
Uh, so it should be interesting to see uh, Russell's Russell's pick. Uh, they I do know them. Um, they are very very cool indeed. And as always, listeners, if you want to be privy to them before actually listening to this, why don't you hit pause and just click the encrypted links in the show notes, and they'll take you to Russell's uh, four Desert Island books, and then you can get acquainted with them, uh, and then click unpause and and resume listening or you could just uh be surprised at what lies ahead but there are encrypted links in the show notes just in case you want to you want to see what russell has chosen uh so russell yeah welcome far out i mean how how are you enjoying it are you you drying off okay are you you know oh yeah yeah the fires yeah you've uh you had some soggy socks there that we've put them up with hung them up over the mantelpiece um it's oh, getting nice and toasty now. A oh, good, good, good. Is is it your is it is it hot or cold your your neck of the woods at this time? Uh, it's pretty cold. We're mm-hmm. uh, um, we're supposed we're in for a really cold week coming soon. I, I don't know how to convert that to Celsius, but it's going to be below <laughs> zero here oh, in wow. Fahrenheit. Okay, yeah. well, I think it'll be close to the lows lows here as well. Far out. So that'll be um. Well, let's make sure that you're kept warm here, Russell. So, hang on. Why don't I just ring the bell? There we go. And uh, we'll go grab Samuels. Samuels, as always, is very accommodating for our guests. Uh, and uh, he can bring over a drink, maybe to warm the uh, to warm the throat there for you, Russell. How's that, eh? Okay. If, you're, if you're a whiskey yeah. man, coming your way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But anyway, just to kick off, I guess, and also as well, Loonies, just to let you know, so um, Ryla Sessions generally uh, invite some Loonies over just to learn a bit more about, you know, your fellow Loonies, as well as maybe get some really top recommendations um, as to what to read, you know, comics-wise. So generally, I find this really enjoyable to do because it opens my eyes to... Uh, potentially issues that I haven't read before. Uh, it's always interesting to know why, uh, p- particular loonies like yourself, Russell. Why you, why you think they're um, they're good, or why they hold an importance for you? All that sort of stuff is really cool. Um, and before even that, we'll we'll just kind of I don't know, just scratch the surface, learn a bit more about you, Russell. See what makes you tick. Um, uh, yeah, it should be fun. All right, I'm I'm looking forward to this. I I listened to a you uh ilo raw in anticipation of this and they both sound like a real good time ah awesome yeah they're, they're always a lot of fun um but anyway to kick off russell you had uh dropped in a couple of things you want to you want to have a bit of a chin wag about so we've got some current topics uh, which are, i mean geez it's on the on the lips of everyone who's a, a comic book fan here but uh i guess first off wandavision russell yeah yeah how you know you f- I talked to. I had a, quite a few people in my circle who aren't necessarily comic book fans, but they're big MCU fans. Okay. And they uh, they watched the first couple, and they they thought you know, they're like, "How do I get through this? This is terrible." And I was like, <laughs> I, "I loved it yeah. because I guess I I kind of anticipated that it was going to be that way just from the trailers, mm-hmm. but." Um, I guess they weren't expecting that. They weren't expecting, oh, this is going to be a 1950s sitcom for the first episode. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I thought it was really good. It was uh, it was funny, but it also had that underlying sense of, oh, something's not right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I kind of, 
I kind of get where your friends are coming from as well, because I'm a big MCU fan as well and a comic fan. Uh, and I knew the premise, like as a sitcom and we go through the decades. I thought that was a pretty funky concept. Uh, but, yeah. uh, and you know, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed episodes one, two, three. Um, but there was, I don't know, around the middle, towards the end of those episodes, I was thinking, there was a thought in my head like, okay, can we kind of progress now? Like, I, I get it. It's a it, nice sitcom. Because it was lit- it is literally like a sitcom, half hour of a sitcom. Yes. Uh, yep. And for someone wanting to kind of know what's underneath the surface, and they do kind of tease it throughout the way, um, it did seem a little slow in that regards, but I did enjoy it. I mean, it was just like, it wasn't what I expected, that pacing. But once we hit that episode right. four, I thought that, I thought, you know, once things start to be, uh, were starting to be kind of revealed and explained, um, yeah, I, yeah, I just, I'm absolutely loving it now. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I, I Vision and uh, Wanda, I feel like we're two of the least represented characters in the movies. Mm. Um, and I love Wanda. I think Elizabeth Olsen is great, not just because no. she's great to look at, but she's also. <laughs> great actress and uh you know uh vision i like but i feel like oh the last two movies well the last movie he was really in he was he was pathetic he was Mm. just he was injured the whole movie and then he was killed by thanos and but uh um i i like i like where this is going i like all the people that are like clamoring and trying to guess what's going on and uh, Mm -hmm. it it seems like it's pulling from uh, mostly I would think the Tom King uh, vision run uh, which I didn't read but I kind of knew the basic premise you know it was vision in like this kind of 1950s family setting yeah but also uh, a little bit of not to get too spoilery but a little bit of uh house of m oh for sure for sure Uh, yeah yeah i see that a lot in there i mean i do see the visions the tom king's vision run but it's funny it's made it more like wanda centric um for obvious reasons than than vision being in there um yeah i I, similar to you uh i i always i was a little i've always been a little frustrated with vision because uh he Apart from, say, the Age of Ultron, I, I like the character. I think he's great. But apart from, yeah. say, the Age of Ult- Ultron, we haven't seen him really unleash. He's always been hindered. Like, he's been like a, an injured kind of team player for most of the part. And he's such a powerful character. Like, if you look at him changing density, become as hard as, you know, hard as diamond, he can become like a ghost, he can shoot that thing from his forehead. He's a really cool character, but we don't really ever get to see that in the MCU because he's. He's kind of either permanently injured and um, and all that. And I really did enjoy. I mean, speaking with what you were saying about Wanda, uh, one of my favourite scenes in um, it was Infinity War. I think it was. It was with Wanda and, and Vision in Scotland, and that fight that yeah. they have. Yeah, with the Black yeah. um, Black Order. Uh, that yeah. was great. I thought it was great because you could see Wanda's you know, what she can do, and she's a lot more accomplished, and Vision had right. a go, yeah, he had a go as well, but he got injured again, so, so... And the, um, the, the yeah. fact, the fact that she was pretty much single-handedly able to take on Thanos by herself, yes. even, cool. even, 
even when he had four stones already, she yeah. was able to hold him back. But uh, oh, yeah, he was only. GG, he only managed to get out of that because he asked for that, um, was it the rain of fire or something? He asked for those, the uh, martyrs yeah. to shoot the stuff down. So, by all rights, she was about to kind of, which is really cool, I think. I mean, I, if anything, I would have expected Captain Marvel to be the one to, to really give it to him. But, um, Wanda, yeah. far out. I think they're kind of teasing, I mean, especially now during WandaVision that, oh, she's, uh, she's more powerful than anybody thought, you know? Yeah, us, us comic book fans know that Scarlet Witch is uh, really powerful, but they mm-hmm. had just scratched the surface in the MCU with her being as strong as she is. Yeah, and I'm also wondering, uh, I'm wondering if she's gotten a little power boost from somebody. <laughs> I wonder if uh, there's somebody pulling the strings with her still that we don't know about, but. That... That has to be the case as well, because I've had some discussions as well about WandaVision, and, and again, listen, look, there might be a bit spoilery here, so if you haven't caught up to the latest WandaVision, episode 5, um, you may want to just, you know, fast forward a few minutes or so, but um, anyway, what did you make, yeah, Russell, I like actually what you implied then, because it was kind of a little bit glossed over about how she all of a sudden now is being able to re, um, alter reality. I mean, we know as a comic book fan that's what she does, but she's always yeah. shown to be telekinetic and telepathic. All of a sudden now, she's created this bubble and she can alter reality? I don't know how that works. Right. Um, I, you know, the common theory online, which I think there is, uh, there's a lot of weight to, is that Mephisto is behind it. Yeah, everyone's saying that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially with you know it being called the Hex, which mm-hmm. you know Scarlet Witch uses Hex in the comics and all that. But there's just there seems to be I don't know how to quite put it. There's almost a uh, a satanic quality to uh, the going ons in inside the bubble. Like, mm. yeah, I almost get a Rosemary's Baby kind of vibe. Oh, or okay. A, yeah, but uh, I mean, yeah, she uh, she either has been holding back, or her her psyche has you know unleashed this extra power, or she's uh, she's getting some kind of boost. Mm. Um, yeah. Now, I'll, 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 go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, sorry. Go ahead, uh, Russell. Sorry. I was just going to say that uh, you know a lot of people are talking about that big ending for episode five. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm I'm of the mind that yes, it was a big shocking reveal, but I'm not thinking too much into it. Okay. Like I don't think that this is. Oh my God! That means they're bringing over the Fox X Men. I uh, I yeah. think when they do I think when they do the X Men, they're going to do their own cast and they're going to start fresh. Mm-hmm. But this kind of we know that this is going to play into. Uh, Spider-Man 3 and mm-hmm. uh, Multiverse of Madness. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, she's, I mean, this could this could be the Quicksilver from the Fox universe because we know even in the MCU continuity that the 616 exists as an alternate timeline too. Yes. So, oh, no, yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, it, it, there's so much fun you can have with this multiverse 
concept, you know, and and I, I think it is. I think it is a Pietro from the the Fox universe, so to speak. Um, because I, I mean, again, this is all, all just hearsay. But again, like, as you mentioned, from the Spider-Man three coming up, we're going to get the the Sony. You know, I think it's just been announced. Willem Dafoe has been seen on yeah. set. We're going to get Tobey Maguire, um, Andy Garfield. Yeah. So, the, you know, that just it's so much fun, and I'd like it to be just you know them from their own universe. You know, I mean, right. And more so, like as in a guest appearance, uh, and it's like it's just right. like an, a like a little nod. It's like okay, so there isn't a universe out there. And guys, when you've been watching those Fox movies, that was an alternate reality, alternate universe. And I, I like how that kind of ties up. But um, yeah, th- there's I'm also actually... sorry. No, go ahead. I I feel like this. We had this problem last time. I feel like I keep cutting you <laughs> no, off. No, no, that's okay. It's good. We we both got some great ideas. Um, just I wanted to put it out there as well. We were talking about um, Wanda's powers, and there's a theory as well that that's how Monica Rambeau will get her her powers. Right. Um, because they're talking also about um, Darcy was talking about that cosmic radiation, the cosmic rays. Yeah. But also yeah. this funkiness of, of um, Monica having been in the bubble and being spewed out of it, um, she might have a few other attributes now, which is so exciting for me because I, I cannot wait to see her flex her muscles, so to speak. Right. Now, a theory that I think would be really cool, but I haven't seen anything online about it, so this might be, this might be a first time anybody bring this up. <laughs> uh, I'm wondering if somehow through you know since we have all these alternate dim- dimensions and she's able to basically uh bend reality to her will mm-hmm. you know are we going to finally uh have uh scarlet and pietro have their real dad uh yeah uh, well i uh, reckon that would be so cool too yeah unless they go the I, route unless they go the route of the new retcon though but yeah Right, yeah, which they only did that retcon because they were mad at Fox. Yes, so they right. could, they could, e- they could easily get rid of that, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah, that would be so cool. Uh, again, I, th- I think anything is possible. Like if you get Evan Peters, um, imagine seeing Michael Fassbender just, you know, pop up yeah. in some weird. So yeah, so many cool notions with. Uh, with WandaVision, I just can't wait. And, and I just watched, uh, at the time of this recording, I just watched the Super Bowl trailer of, uh, of Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'm not sure if you've seen that, Russell. I have not seen it. I have not. Oh, it's really good. It's really good. So, man, the, the, the I, pedal... I'm really... Yeah. I just wanted to say I was really excited because Helmet Zemo is, like, my favorite mm. Captain America villain. Yes. And they... I was... Like I love Civil War, but I was really disappointed with him in that movie. Yep. And now that he's getting his iconic mask and yes. all that, it's yep. just like, oh, this is what I wanted from the beginning. Yeah, I, th- I think you'll be very well satisfied with it. I mean, no spoilers from the trailer, but I mean, there's nothing to spoil. But it's basically, you see um, Zemo, he's walking and he says something like, you think I would just let all my work go to waste? Like referring to Civil War, what he's done. So he's he's yeah. at it. He's at it again, and he's holding his purple mask. It looks so cool. Uh, so um, I'm really excited for that. But you know, the excitement's not going to let up. You know, we've got Wonder Vision, which is fantastic, and like we've got a week break, and then we've got Falcon and Winter Soldier. That's crazy. Yeah, 
I, uh, I was a little disappointed, um, cause you know, obviously in the comics, Helmet Zemo was the son of the original Baron Zemo. Mm, yep. And like in the, in the MCU, he's just kind of a nobody. Um, Sokovian, if anyone, if yeah, anything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just a, a family yeah. man that lost his family. Um, I'm just kind of wondering if they could retcon somehow that, you know, oh, he, <laughs> he had more motives than just that and all yeah. that. But, you know, if, if they don't, they don't. Yeah. Um, it, it could be one of those instances where they just kind of just roll with it now. And he just happens to be a very pro, uh, proficient, you know. Yeah civilian who happens to t- be able to um strategize and go up against the heroes but yeah but no i know what you mean um if in any case i'm happy we'll aesthetically get get him um so that'll be cool yeah um moving along to as well we also mentioned oh this big one russell godzilla versus kong oh my god oh my gosh i've just been privy to also as well uh again have you seen there's another trailer that's been dropped i think from uh in japan it actually shows godzilla smacking kong did you see that no i have not yeah it's on that it's on that ocean carrier thing you know you know that original preview with kong punching godzilla apparently then godzilla retaliates and just swipes Ah. him king hits him so oh you know battle of the titans uh, godzilla is one of the franchises that is nearest and dearest to my heart ever since i was a kid mm-hmm. uh i own all the movies i've i've seen them all over 30 wow a movie and uh so yeah like when uh, the last one came out uh, king of the monsters mm-hmm. um i actually i was like the movie overall the humans and stuff wasn't particularly great but as a love letter to Godzilla. I, I'm not ashamed to say I was in the movie. I was so happy. I was bawling like a baby. Oh, like, nice one. Cool. I uh, when when they when his uh, they brought back his theme music from the old movies. Oh and, wow! Uh, and uh, oh, it just it tugged at my uh, heartstrings. I was I was six years old again. So, <laughs> That's so cool. I, I'm so glad for you. I mean, like for, for the. The lifelong fans, that would be such a payoff. Um, I, I'm very much a newbie myself, but I, uh, you know, when I was young, I had watched King Kong, um, I think it was the, the 70s. I've seen that numerous yeah. times. As a family, the, yeah, yeah, we'd, we'd watch Jeff that. Bridges and, uh, and Jessica Lange, was it? Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, so I remember that fondly because I think they played it every year or something, and as a family, we'd, we'd always end up watching it because it was on primetime you know, um, uh-huh. eight thirty at night. So um, I've got. I just remember the heartbeat. You know, at the end of that, and yeah. just disappear. Oh, so touching. I was That's a sad scene. Very sad. I love. So I love Kong in that in regards. Godzilla. I've only kind of like tangentially come across, but I've always thought he was pretty cool as well. But wow, yeah. you've 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 watched all like thirty odd films. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I've always loved Kong too. Like. I think that the original 33 Kong is still a masterpiece. Like how they nice. were, a- they they basically had to create techniques just to make the movie. Like techniques mm. that people still use to this day. Like certain stop motion techniques and mm-hmm. stuff. Kind of sounds it's like just, Star Wars in that sense. Star yeah, Wars was like yeah, trailblazing. It, yeah. And in a weird way, like Kong has kind of influenced you know star wars in that way mm-hmm. 
Uh, it, it definitely influenced Peter Jackson because the two things that he wanted to make were Lord of the Rings and King Kong, and he got to make both. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I love Kong. I especially loved uh, the the new the Skull Island. I thought that was really good. I uh, see. Um, I'm I'm going through my watch. I haven't. I've started at the beginning. I've, I've watched King Kong, the Peter Jackson one, um, and yep. I've ordered the Blu-rays to, to the other ones because they're hard to find online. So. Yeah. Um, I haven't watched them yet, but I'm looking forward to Skull Island and and Godzilla oh. 2014 and the King and Monsters. I haven't seen them yeah. yet. Oh my gosh! I think yeah. you're in for a treat. Oh, I can't uh, they're, wait. Very, yeah. they're all they're all very different. Uh, they're mm-hmm. tonally tonally they're all very different. Okay, but uh, I would also recommend. I I don't know if you're uh, interested in watching any of the uh, actual Japanese Godzillas. Yeah, but. I would... uh, yeah, they're pretty hard to. I mean, I guess you can, you can buy them digitally, can't you? Or... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I I, to... And I don't. I know in the in the U.S. and America, they just came out with a couple box sets. Um, okay. But but uh, I would. I think the one I'd recommend the most for you is probably the most recent, which was Shin Godzilla. Yeah, I've seen the cover uh, to that. I didn't know what the deal was. Shin Godzilla is that a different Godzilla or? Uh, well, see, the Godzilla movies are weird in that, like, every so often they basically reboot. Okay. Um, and this one is, like, uh, like a heavy... It's pretty much a modern remake of the original Godzilla, which I would also recommend you see. Because, okay. you know, most people think Godzilla, they think, oh, these are silly Japanese monster movies. Mm-hmm. Mostly because of the dubs have made everybody <laughs> really... <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, you know, the Shin Godzilla actually won the uh, Oscar for Best Picture in Japan. Wow. So, uh, okay. And uh, I would say the original and Shin Godzilla would be the best ones to uh, whet your appetite because they're very serious. They're like, it, the tone is very dark and grim mm-hmm. and like their metaphors, or the original is a metaphor for uh, Hiroshima. Mm-hmm. Yes. And... The new one is a metaphor for like uh, the uh, Fukushima, the uh, earthquake. Um, oh, okay. The, yeah. yeah. Right. So okay, definitely that, check those out. They sound they sound good. It, I mean, is Godzilla is he like a noble creature, or is he just mindless? Or there's got to be some sort of heroic, um, heroics to him, yeah. I mean, why why do you okay. back it? Why do you back him? I mean, why do you like him? Because um, is he well, just like an antihero? They're, they 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 portray him in different ways. Um, in the original uh, Godzilla, the first few, he was he was a bad guy. Okay. He uh, he was a monster, and he was destroying uh, the city. And like he would fight other monsters, but they were trying to stop him. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, about a few movies in, he kind of did what in wrestling you'd call a face turn, where you turn good. Okay. <laughs> and uh, um, uh, he was a, he was basically a big superhero for the next oh I don't know several movies. But then uh, Godzilla went dormant for a while, and he came back in the mid '80s. Mm-hmm. And that is my favorite characterization of him because he's not good, he's not bad, he's literally a force of nature. Okay, um, like. He's no different than a hurricane or a tornado or, 
he just comes and when he comes you all better brace yourselves and if there's another monster he'll fight that thing too okay so, yeah yeah now the the more recent movies i know you haven't seen them yet um they kind of harken back to um the godzilla as a superhero type thing he's very much a a good guy in those okay. Okay, yeah. I mean that. Yeah, that's really. I mean, the thing I like about Kong is that he shows compassion. You know, you know, there are things you, know, you can see the emotions with him. Like I loved it how he formed an attachment to to is it Anne? I can't remember her name. Uh, Naomi yes. Watts um, and, and Jessica Lange, and uh, and yeah. then you see in the uh, the previews for this Godzilla Godzilla vs Kong is an attachment to this little girl. Um, I just like that sort of human aspect of him. Um, yeah, and and look, I, I I do I find Godzilla really cool and stuff as well, but I I kind of connect to Kong a bit more because of that. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I mean, but, you always, you always gravitate towards what you grew up with too. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but I'm looking forward to. As, yeah. Seeing as I grew up with both of them, you know, <laughs> and also I have to mention that this is not the first time that they've battled. Ah. Uh, 59 years ago, King Kong versus Godzilla came out. So Ooh, Who won? Uh, who won? Well, actually, Kong won that one. But, uh, <laughs> because uh, that was when Godzilla was a straight-up bad guy, and ah. uh, Kong was more of a uh, box office name at the time. Right. But that movie was uh, extremely successful in Japan and in the U.S. But, uh, oh, right, okay. Yeah. Even with a terrible Kong suit in that movie, terrible <laughs> Kong suit. Most, most of the suits I think are pretty cool and hold up, but that Kong one, man, that was <laughs> terrible. <laughs> oh, jeez. They just well, I'm just picturing they just got a hairy guy <laughs> with a with a monobrow, a unibrow. <laughs> so, come well, on. If, if think think about like um, think about like your generic gorilla Halloween costume, mm-hmm. right? Yes, yeah. And, then and then like make it 40 times worse oh my god that's terrible oh jeez yeah <laughs> um, um, i send a screenshot later of the old uh, japanese kong here in a minute so you okay. can just you can look at what he looks like <laughs> okay no worries um finally as well before we get kind of underway with some of our core questions russell you mentioned also about the spider-man viral marketing i'm not too familiar with this Okay, so after I sent this to you, I'm now wondering if this was like a hoax. Okay. Or because a few media websites commented or, you know, reported on this. Mm hmm. Now I can't find the original. So apparently, um, there is an Instagram account. Yeah. Um,. Uh, or was, it, it seems to no longer exist. That was official. Um, it is, it's like an in-character Instagram from Flash Thompson in oh, the, uh, cool. the, the MCU Flash Thompson. And, you know, he's posting what the character would post about and stuff. Well, apparently he, he posted a picture of all of his classmates and he had like doodled, like drew over some of the people. Mm-hmm. And on uh, Ned Leeds, you, uh, you know Peter's best friend, he uh, 
drew what looks like an orange hood Ooh. over his head. Oh. oh That's uh, cool. And, uh, kind of implying that uh, maybe uh, he's the hobgoblin, but uh, uh, I do know that uh, that actor has lost a ton of weight and is yes. in shape now. Yeah. So... Oh, that be That would be interesting. That would be a little, I mean, like disappointing, but like in a good way because I, I like the character. Like, uh, you know, he's a, he's a fun, jovial. Um, yeah. You know, he really plays well off of Tom Holland. So that would hurt yes. me that he becomes Hobby, but that would be cool though. <laughs> I mean, right. It, yeah. it would make Hobby a very like. Obviously, I would be slightly disappointed because that's not who Hobgoblin mm-hmm. actually is. Yeah. Like, Ned Leeds in the comic was actually, like, brainwashed into thinking he was the Hobgoblin. So mm. maybe that's what we'll get. Maybe that's be. what we'll get here. Because yeah. I also, you know, literally a few minutes before that, I saw that that uh, Willem Dafoe was going to be in it. And I was, like, wondering, oh, my God, what if the Green Goblin turns Ned against Peter and he's a Hobgoblin? Oh, oh that could actually work, you know. You could have interaction with the Green Goblin, and then somehow he kind of influences Ned. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Man, that, see, that's the beauty of, of crossing these things over, and because you've already got an established, say, Green Goblin in in the right. in the MCU. I mean, there's not really; he's from another reality. But you can just like forego right. all of that setup, just have oh shit, there, there's the Green Goblin, and, and you can and kind of fast track stuff. Yeah. The. Uh... The other, the terrible Green Goblin is supposed, supposedly in this movie too, I think. The, uh, the, uh, Andrew Garfield version. Uh, oh, 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 hang on, I've, I've, already, I've already forgotten the, oh yes, the, the, uh, he's a, a Dutch, is he a Dutch actor? Um, he's a younger guy. Yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't think of his name. He yeah. played Harry Osborn in those movies. Yes, but, uh, yeah, he had, but he looked I just, hated, yeah, hated I hated that Goblin. I wasn't a big fan of Amazing Spider-Man, to be honest. I, I liked Andrew oh, Gar- no. Yeah, I mean, I liked Andrew Garfield. He was good. Uh, I just found Mark Webb's um, dire- uh, direction, I think, a little slow. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I think just, Ed, yeah, Garfield was great. I didn't like... I didn't like... I didn't like any of the villains in those movies. Uh, yeah, agreed. Um, agreed. They were all very... Yeah. The lizard was okay, but he's just the lizard. I mean, you know. Yeah. Like, he was he was probably the best one. I mean, Electro, yeah. Rhino. I just thought it was and Goblin was. Oh, oh. that was terrible. Yeah. I thought I thought I thought Rhino was on the same level as like Mister Freeze and Batman and Robin. <laughs> it was it was that bad, but. Uh, <laughs> And uh, yeah. Electro getting there too, but apparently they're bringing him back for this. Well, again, hopefully, well. yeah, hopefully just for a cameo. I'm thinking, I'm, uh, this is in my my head canon. Hopefully, Jamie Fox will come in, and it'll just be a, like a, a show and go, like hello, oh, jeez, yeah. there's Electro, but he's you know, and then he goes away. You know what I mean? Because um, there's just I would so, give, yeah, yeah I so would many. give, I would give any. I'm sorry. We <laughs> <keep talking laughs> uh, we're on the same wavelength. Um, no, I'll just quickly say that like there are so many characters in Spider-Man Three, they can't give them all the limelight, so they're just gonna have to be fleeting, no. I reckon. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, I just would give anything to have Jamie Fox wear the uh, green and yellow Electro yes. costume. Yes, but that yeah. might be a little too silly for uh, 
the MCU. I don't yeah, know. Well. I, I didn't mind his aesthetic. I didn't mind how he looked, actually. The the kind of yeah. blue glowing. I think it was okay, but he's just really bad. Uh, he just really got not much in yeah. the script. Yeah, it was really terrible. Terrible, terrible lines. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, Jamie Foxx is a really good actor, but he was just given crap. Oh, so, so was so was the rhino, Paul Giamatti. Yes. Oh, Giamatti, yeah, Giamatti, a fantastic actor, it's totally wasted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I here's how I've always put it. Okay, so I thought Tobey Maguire was a great Peter Parker, but not a good Spider-Man. I thought mm-hmm. Andrew Garfield was a terrible Peter Parker, but a great Spider-Man, <laughs> and I think Tom Holland is good at both. Yeah. So. Oh. Yeah, I think that I think that'd be fair. I mean, I, I didn't mind Tobey Maguire as Spider Man, um, but yeah, uh, I just remember Tobey Maguire bloody dancing down as a, as an emo uh, guy dancing dancing in the street. That's probably the worst, most cringeworthy yeah. thing I've ever seen. Oh my god! Yeah, I think <laughs> I'd rather watch Batman and Robin than watch that. Uh, but uh, that's here's crazy. A, here's, a, here's here's an interesting. This is the last thing I'll say about the Spider Man Three thing. Um, I'm wondering if they're going to put Venom in it, um, since you know he's a Sony. Oh, uh, you mean Tom Hardy? But yeah, what Ooh. I would really like is if they had Tom Hardy Venom eat the Venom from Spider-Man Three. <laughs> <laughs> Topher Grace, yeah, just get rid of him, yeah. really, really, because yeah, he was he was another abomination, I think, of a character. Um, yeah, portrayal. I think the, I think the only thing worse than him was probably the fart cloud Galactus from the second. <laughs> forward, but, uh, uh, I don't know. Jury's out for me. I think I think Venom's probably for me. He's probably worse. <laughs> yeah. The the Juggernaut, uh, the Juggernaut in X Men Three is up there too. That was pretty bad. Oh, uh, Vince Jones. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, see these great legacy characters, and they just don't get their due. Um, I was kind of happy with with Jamie Madrox, so they had very a very small role. Um, it was good to see him as the Multiple Man. He's one of my faves, so he was good in X Three. The Beast was great in X Three, I thought. Um, Love Kelsey Kramer. Yeah, he was he was perfectly cast. Um, yeah, but yeah. Any, anyway, um, oop, I think I hear. Oh, Samuels, you did take your sweet time, my good sir. Uh, it's okay. We um we like to you know just. Relax and chillax here. We're having a good chat with Russell. Russell, uh, this is Samuels. Oh, hello, Samuels. How are you? Yeah, he, oh. may, <laughs> he may sound a bit grumpy, but he's a, he's a really good sort. Um, thank you, Samuels, anyway, for, for coming over. Uh, Russell, can I interest you in, in any anything that will wet your whistle? Um, uh, well, you mentioned whiskey earlier, and it's mm. kind of cold out. Uh, how about a hot potty? <laughs> Oh, hot toddy, there you go. Uh, Samuels, uh, I'm sure you can um, stoke the fires there, that, if you can do that, make it a make it a nice hot toddy. Make it two, I, I'm up for that as well. It's not too hot here. Oh, actually, I should, shouldn't give the game away, because, of course, Russell, you and I are in the same room, of course. Um, yeah. So, yeah, with the roaring fire, yeah, make that two, please, Samuels. Thank you very much. All right, there's Samuels. Um, glad that he could be of service to you, Russell, as well. So, um, of course. Mm, uh, moving along, let, let's get into the core questions. Now, these are the questions I always ask the guests because it's just fun to know about your fellow loony. And uh, so what we've learned now, uh, you know, right off the bat, is that, you know, a big 
Godzilla fan uh, for you, for yes. you, Russell, which is uh, really cool to hear. Uh, obviously, you love your, your MCU stuff with WandaVision uh, and, and you know, no stranger to the likes of, say, Hobgoblin. But... Um, but we always kick off with a, a big question, big first question. How did how did you get into comics? Um, well, my first memories of anything comic book related, I feel like this is this will be a typical answer for uh, anybody my age. It was uh, uh, Batman the animated series, ah. uh, X Men, uh, Spider Man the animated series, and then uh, from there. My dad, he he was a comic fan when he was young. Um, That's cool. He kind of he kind of grew out of it, um, but he always loved showing me comic book related stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I kind of I kind of got that from my dad. Of course, now like like I feel like I turned it up to eleven because I know <laughs> stuff that he's never even dreamt of. So yeah, oh yeah, you you yeah. ran with it. You took that ball and you ran with it. That's awesome. Yeah, yes. it's like one of three things that uh, my dad kind of like. My dad tried to you know teach me how to hunt and fish and all that stuff, being mm-hmm. a, a country boy. And I was like, none of that stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it always always put me to sleep. And I like <laughs> I'll eat animals, but I don't want to hurt them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, um. No, but he he uh, he introduced me to comics as well as uh, I'm a big fan of uh, hard rock and heavy metal. That was nice. the thing he introduced me to, and uh, he introduced me to uh, uh, wrestling. So it's great that your dad's influenced you in that regards, just with these um, yeah. with his interests. So that's I mean, going back going back a couple of steps here because I really want to kind of dive into it. Russell so when you were exposed to the likes of uh, the animated series and the X-Men and stuff were you like were you into I guess um, other cartoons that kind of had a similar style or or was it was that a real eye-opener was that kind of like the the gateway for you to see like superheroes and that kind of genre of of, uh, storytelling oh yeah that I I I mean X-Men and Batman are the first TV shows I ever remember, except for mm. maybe, uh, except for maybe Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, or, yeah. um, you know, a lot of people would say the Ninja Turtles, but yes. I actually was I was more familiar with the the first two live action Ninja Turtle movies more oh. than I was the the cartoon. So, oh wow, um, yeah, yeah, I- but. I guess, I mean, that was where I was edging towards. I thought maybe, like, you know, had you seen something like the Morphin Power Rangers or, or, or TMNT and and then that kind of, you know, you'll, you know, the Batman animated series and X-Men probably kind of fed off that, you know, when you were yeah. recommended it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd say the other big cartoon from when I was a kid, which I guess is technically a comic book themed thing, was uh, Dragon Ball Z. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously that's a manga, which is you know still a comic book, but you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so it's so interesting to hear because like uh, it's funny that you preface it with you know this is probably how a lot of people started, and it, it probably is. But um, it, what I found interesting doing these Olaraz is that people do come at comic books from from very different angles. Like there's a big contingent out there I know 
that came to comics through gaming, you know, and yep. uh, and also um, actually through just the love of like literature, like you know, you know, their grandparents or parents may have given them some books, and then they kind of graduated to comic books. So it's very interesting to see how um, I, I very much kind of like you as well. It was through like TV um, for me. Yep. Um, the early ones that weren't superhero, but they were kind of in that same mold were, were Masters of the Universe. Um, I love oh, that show. Um, love Masters of the Universe. Did you ever watch the uh, the uh, 2003 version? No. No, oh, but I, I've heard of it. Great. Is it good? It's so good. I'm looking forward to the Kevin Smith one. but um, Oh, yeah. yeah. No, the 2002 one is my favorite. Okay. Um, and unfortunately, it got cancelled on a cliffhanger. Oh, no. But uh, I think that 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 one's great. Um, I love the old '80s Masters of the Universe, but here's my problem with most '80s cartoons, and it mm-hmm. was just it, it was just the time frame that they came out. Sure, sure. All of the villains in those are cowards. <laughs> Like yeah, Skeletor, Skeletor never really wanted to fight He Man. He would always run away, or you know, yeah. uh, he had a very cowardly and, uh, voice as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, Cobra Commander was a coward. Um, mm. I guess Megatron wasn't really. He was. He kind of fought. Uh, yeah. He was on the front lines with them. Uh, but, Mum, uh, Mumra. I mean, I used to love um, oh. Thundercats. Mumra took no slack from anyone. <laughs> he was. No, he was, he was cool. scary. He was. He, <laughs> Yeah, but I remember yeah. the, when I saw Thundercats when I was a kid, and that intro yes. where he like you know, turns, he just... I I looked at my grandmother and I was like, turn this off. <laughs> <laughs> but you wouldn't be wrong. I mean, it, it's such a uh, a bit of a risky scene there for for young kids because yeah, it, it affected me in the same way. It's like, oh geez, this is this guy's a bit scary. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, Mumra, uh, you know stuff like that. Mask. I don't know if you ever came across Mask as well. I, were... I'm. I am familiar with mask. Like, uh, see, I was, I, I'm weird in that. Uh, okay, I was born in '93, mm-hmm. so I'm, uh, I'm, I don't know, I'm fairly young. But I retroactively dis- like was introduced to all this '80s stuff. Oh yeah, through like hand-me-downs and yeah, like so I feel like. You know, obviously, I didn't grow up and I didn't experience it as it was happening. But I love, mm. like, I've got a little Masters of the Universe display here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, well, actually, bouncing to that, then we might as well. I mean, you are an avid action figures collector, right? So, yeah. Um, these are one of the things that kind of we, you know, we have spoken about before, and like we've shared some photos. Well, you've shared like some really good photos of yours. I haven't got anywhere near as many action figures as you but uh this is one of the things that you kind of it was a natural uh progression i guess from from comic books uh i think the figures probably you know what i i almost think the figures kind of came at the same time as i was seeing the cartoons so i might have figures figures to also blame for me getting into comics (laughs) because you know when i was a kid I was blessed. I was a little bit spoiled as a child. Uh, my uh, my dad every week he would take me to there was this. It's a chain here in America, but it's kind of died out. Uh, mm-hmm. It's called Big Lots. Okay. And uh, uh, every week he would buy me a toy. 
and it was almost always a Marvel one. And oh. you know, this is this is weird. This is real weird. Weird. But one of my earliest memories are two times that my dad got me a figure. Mm-hmm. One was he had went away on a business trip and came back, and he brought me my first uh, Darth Vader. Ooh. And I was like, oh. I, and I had seen the movies on TV because uh, this was before the uh, the special editions were released in theaters or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, But the other time is I distinctly remember going to this Big Lots place and picking out Hobgoblin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and that is the moment that I fell in love with the Hobgoblin right there. Oh, nice. That's again, I mean similar to what you said before, like uh about myself and King Kong, you you always yep. kind of draw back to those those connections when you were young. Um yep. because he's become uh, I mean, he's become a a lifelong kind of favorite of yours, right? So Oh yeah. Um yeah. and then when I actually started to read the stuff that he was in, I was like, "Man, this is really good." Like yeah. <laughs> So yeah, you it's, know, it's a, some some characters you like, and you're like, you go and like read their stuff, and it's like, God, this sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, well, luckily, Hobby had had um, he had quite a lot of exposure. Like, you know, there, there was a lengthy kind of arc to his his stuff, which is good. You know, as opposed to say some other spider villains. I don't know, like like Carrion. I remember Carrion. Um, they're kind of one-off kind of things, um, but the whole goblin. Do, I do actually really like Carrion. Carrion's cool. <laughs> I know. Yeah, me too. But, <laughs> From Spectacular yeah, but, Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Hobgoblin got a lot more attention, which is cool. Um, yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, just lost to me there at the moment. But um, yeah, so you also like, you also mentioned, uh, well, we'll get into, so your action figures. Um, but you also mentioned that you're a big fan. We've, we've had this discussion of the Black Spectre for Moon Knight as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and Null. So uh, I think we did touch this, upon this last time we, we spoke. But um, but for both of them, let's start with Black Spectre. Like, how did he become like a, a favourite of yours? Well, when I, was, uh, when I was getting into Moon Knight... Okay, I used to collect comics strictly based off villains that I liked. I'm mm. kind of villain obsessed. <laughs> uh, like it, like any you'll ask anybody that knows me and they'll think, "Oh, he's such a good guy. He wouldn't hurt a fly." But for some yeah. reason, I'm obsessed with the bad guys when it comes to fiction. <laughs> uh, is that does that go with wrestling as well? Do you always go for the bad wrestlers? Like the, uh, the... you know what? The bad guys are always usually more fun. Uh, <laughs> especially, especially now that you know, I, I know more about like wrestling as an art form and the behind-the-scenes process and mm-hmm. how they try to elicit a reaction from the crowd. And mm-hmm. uh, the bad guys, uh, genuinely, if you, you in an interviews and stuff, the bad guy wrestlers say that it's more fun to be bad. Yeah. Um, which. I feel like it would be uh, in general because mm-hmm. there's like that in deep inside everybody's brain is like that that little you know it's like the little devil on your shoulder yeah and you think you think I mean like life would be so much easier if I wasn't a good person <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's true as well. Sorry, what I was thinking about before was I was going to say, and I wanted to say this before it just escaped me again, was that it's so funny. Like you could have grown up in the eighties, like um, as a child, so you would have fit in so well there, Russell, because uh, you mentioned you got into like comics for the TV show and the toys, and you know if you look at He Man and the Masters of the Universe, uh, Thundercats, all that sort of stuff. They were basic. They weren't comics. They were basically. Um, a marketing ploy. Uh, the cartoons kind yep. of fed yep. the, the toy line, and the toy lines were the ones that brought in the brought in the bucks. So, um, yeah, I can I can see a correlation there. I thought that was really cool. Um, but yeah, so you like you like the villains? Um, oh yeah, I, we were talking about Black Spectre, and I went on a tangent. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no worries. But I used to collect comics based off the villains, and when I was discovering Moon Knight, I was like, well, which one of his villains, because you know, there's not that many Moon Knight mm. villains that, that stick around. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, well, there's Bushman, he's kind of cool, and that Morpheus guy, he looks fun, and then I was like, who is this? Yeah. And it's the, it was the Black Spectre, and I was like, he just looks amazing. He's got like this medieval helmet and his mm. red eye, and He's got a big sword and a mace, and I was like, who is this? I know, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's so yeah. funny. He's meant to be the antithesis of Moon Knight. Um, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, he's a very interesting character, and, and we did cover that uh, that Benson uh, run God in Country, which was an yeah. absolute brilliance to, um, to have gone through him again. It would be interesting to see if potentially, how would you feel if Ethan Hawke say was to become Carson Knowles is that something that you'd like or do you think he's a bit miscast for that no I think he's great mm. um, I haven't seen too much with Ethan Hawke but he was in my favorite horror movie of all time Sinister okay and right. he was so good in that okay That's uh, great. and you know he's kind of he's a he's an older but He's weird because, like, he kind of he can look weathered, but also mm-hmm. still be attractive. Okay, and uh, so I feel like he would really appeal to Black Spectre because, you know, Black Spectre, he uh, he's, Ex- you know, Viet- he's, Vietnam vet, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, he's yeah. he's been through a lot. He's but he's also like he's two sides of a coin. Like one side, he's like down in the dumps like practically you know he looks like he's could drop at any moment but then he's like he's also very charismatic you have to be when you're a politician yes uh especially especially a a crooked one (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) but uh yeah yeah nice one um just edging back towards now like one of the other questions um or just incidentally as well do you have a local comic book store an lcs that you go to frequently or Okay, so yes, to put it to put it quickly, yes, my cousin has it's it started out as a pawn shop, mm-hmm. um, which it, it's still called it's called Easy Cash and Pawn. I'll plug it for him on the on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Please, please do. Yeah, yeah, uh, sure. Uh, but uh, it's really turned into a collectibles and comic store. Okay. And uh, I, I actually, I, I mean, I, I, there for a while, I was doing the ordering for him, like mm-hmm. through Diamond and all that stuff. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, we there was no comic store in my uh, neighborhood for like uh, my most of my life, twenty plus years. Uh, mm-hmm. Now there's now there's three. 
So, I mean, I mean you, you've uh, got to put that. You've got to put that down to the success of the movies, right? I mean, and, and more yeah. popular culture, um, which is really good. And really I, good. Yeah. I would also say because, uh, in terms of my cousin, at least, the comics don't sell as well as the figures do. Um, okay. Right. The there's people that will travel just to come buy figures from my cousin. Uh, like he's a he's a NECA vendor. Oh, so, NECA. You know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so NECA makes a lot of good stuff, and in some parts, some states, you know, they're scarce. You can't mm. really get them. But uh, well, yeah, good to, that's I mean, good to hear. yeah, he makes he makes way more money off of figures than he does comics, and it kind of makes me sad. But I also got to think, well, we're we're in a small town, so oh yeah, true, um, true as well. I mean, does yeah. he do online sales and all that as well? So he he does. Uh, he, he he has like an eBay store, but okay. he doesn't have like a website or anything okay well i mean i wanted to add that in uh russell as well because i felt that the last few isla Ra's had dropped off I, I really want to do i really do want to promote like lcs's and stuff so um whether or not uh, you the fair listener are near the area um it's always great to know what's out there and um you know you may well be near um easy cash and porn so uh, a big shout out to all the lcs's out there doing the hard work um and and keeping the industry up so um, a big, a big cheers to them. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but but Russell also going on to. I mean, we're talking about Black Spectre. One of the other big core questions I do ask is uh, your introduction into Moon Knight. Uh, how did you get into him? Why did you find him such a an appealing character? I mean, he isn't a villain, uh, as you were saying. Like you know, you you tend to go through through the villains. But I guess was it the Black Spectre that kind of got you into Moon Knight by default? Uh, I, no, I wouldn't say that. Um, I had no, like, I feel like the first time I ever saw Moon Knight was probably, uh, I think he was in the first Marvel Ultimate Alliance game. Okay, yes, yes. And, uh, that was probably the first time I saw him. And then I had a buddy who wasn't into comic books at all, but for some reason he had gravitated towards Moon Knight. And I get. I think it was because he saw the Moon Knight Marvel Legends figure, uh-huh. and the the first one, like back the Toy Biz one back in the mm-hmm. mid mid two thousands, and um, still a good one. That's a nice yeah. One. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I uh, at the time I was like, yeah, he's he's cool. I mean, I didn't know anything about it. So then years and years later, I was. I don't know. I I think I saw some. I can't quite place it, but I'm pretty sure I saw David Finch's Moon Knight art. Oh, okay. And I was like, I was like, whoa. <laughs> and and you know you know what? As Moon Knight kind of looks like a villain. He does. Like he does. Yeah. So maybe that's why I gravitated towards him. But. Uh, <laughs> And he kind of has, if you think about it, he's got a very similar outfit to uh, Hobby. He's he got does, the, yeah. the, and also Doctor Doom. So, uh, yep. <laughs> which uh, I love Doctor Doom. Uh, I think Doctor Doom's the greatest Marvel villain of all time. Not my oh, favorite, awesome. but the greatest. He is great. Yeah, I do love. Him. I mean, that's true. I think whether you like David Fincher's art or not, and and um, I, I certainly do. I think he's great. But he does, you know, if you're not into that kind of what would you call it? Over, 
over-muscled yeah. um, look, yeah. then, um, then obviously it won't be for you. But you can't deny that he does draw a striking Moon Knight. I mean, um, whether you like the run or not as well, Moon Knight does just look kick-ass in, in that. Um, and I, I, yeah, I totally agree. I, I totally can see why um, you would have been kind of drawn to that because he does... Particularly in the Finch run, he does look evil. <laughs> um, yep. Uh, like if you if you if you compare that to say the um, Doug Bench Sinkevich run, or yeah. even if you look at you know the Jason Burrows run, Moon Knight he's very very clean looking. Uh, the Finch right. run, he's just he's just dark and in the shadows and yeah, really good. I think I think that not to I mean it's kind of tied in. I think that's why I love the Hulk too, is because mm-hmm. he's a monster. Yep. Um, I grew up on uh, Universal monster movies, and uh, you know, like Godzilla, and like, mm-hmm. oh, this this monster is also a superhero. Uh, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, because I'm a big. I mean, you and I both know that we're we're both big Hulk fans, and oh. like, I can't put my feet. I think is when I was young, I was just drawn to this fact that this this uncontrollable strong just kind of force yeah. was was what really appealed to me it wasn't even the it, maybe it was mostly even that transformation it wasn't the dr jekyll mr hyde thing that got me it was just that the hulk was strong and you know he was yeah <laughs> he was a menace um, i uh, yeah i totally i totally get that because as a kid and even kind of now i feel like oh man i'm just i'm a weakling like <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think i think i always enjoyed the hulk because he was everything that i couldn't be and yeah. uh, but also now that I'm older, I'm like, oh, I kind of wish I was like Bruce Banner too. It's like oh, he's God. really smart, and, you know. Without all the mental hangups, though, I <laughs> mean, he's pretty he's pretty messed up in there. Um, but yeah, I'm glad to say also as well, my little little fella Finn, uh, he he's loving the Hulk at the moment. Um, yeah. So I gave him a balloon of the Avengers and had everyone on there say, now that's Captain America, that's Iron Man, that's Black Widow, that's Thor, that's a Hulk. I said, which one do you like the best? And straight away, Hulk. <laughs> it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Hulk is just a fun, I mean, you know, we know that the Hulk gets very cerebral and uh, psychological. Mm. But yeah. at his base level, it's just like, you know, he smashes stuff, so he's fun. Yeah, oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm even reading the earlier stuff now as well, and I, I love, um, I like the, the leader. He's really cool because again, it's a very simple notion, but him being like the brains version of the Hulk. You know, both gamma radiated. Hulk got the strength. He got the mind. Um, I yeah. was, I was very, very close to putting a leader issue on my before uh, <laughs> because the leader. He, I don't know. He's not quite there, but he's up there with old Hobby. Like, oh, like, yeah, really. If, if I had to pick like a second tier, it'd probably be like the leader, Apocalypse, and uh, Dormammu are Ooh. like uh, a big hitters nothing. there. I mean, the leader could arguably be the. I mean, because Apocalypse, Dormammu, we're talking about massive hitters there. Uh, but the leader is—I yeah. mean, he's—he's he's, by his own lights, he's, he's pretty good. Um, but no, I love him as well. I'm thinking of getting the Hasbro figure of him. Uh, I haven't got any villains in my in my action oh. figure. Yeah, I reckon he'd probably be the, him or Doctor Doom would be my first um, first villain. <laughs> well, here's the here's the thing, Ray. I I have 
three whole shelves of oh no okay two and a half shelves of Marvel Legends, <laughs> and there are two heroes, three heroes on all the shelves. Whoa, three. really? Yes, <laughs> everything is everything is villains except for Moon Knight, Spider Man, and the Hulk. Oh, that's a nice trio right there. That's a <laughs> yeah. Those that that is that is my Marvel. That's my Marvel Holy Trinity right there. It's, that's so cool. Now I used to have more heroes, but I, I mentioned in the last time I was on the show that I moved mm -hmm. and I sold a bunch of my collection. Well, not just comics. I sold a bunch of figures too. Ooh, that would have. Um, yeah, but it was necessary. Like it needed yeah. to happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, you, you give and you take, so... That's true. I mean, yeah, exactly. You can always, like, grab them again somehow, maybe, you know, so it's nothing is uh, lost forever. Um, oh, speaking of nothing lost forever, Samuels, you, you lost yourself around the mansion, did you? We're here. Yes, we're here. Thank you. The hot toddies are, are coming. They're, they're good. There you go. There you go, Russell. Um, hope that's good. Hope that's timely. Oh, <laughs> yes, thank you, Samuels. Nice and warm. Mm -mm, with a roaring fire, the bearskin rug, it's it's all good. Um, thanks, thank you very much, Samuels. Uh, please uh, compliments also to Netta, because we know she does all the work. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> terrible, I'm terrible to Samuels. No, he's good. He's a good egg. He's a good egg. Um, My hot toffee's a little cold. Uh, <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, hang on. No, he's, uh, okay. Okay, okay, you, you warm it up, Samuel. Thank you. Okay, he'll, he'll grab it. He's he's very good. He's very good. I'm, I'm only you Thanks. know I'm joshing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Right. So, um, actually, I guess I want to actually get this in there before I forget as well, Russell. So we're talking about the action figures. Oh no, actually, no, no, no. I want to talk about your writing as well. Um, so again, loonies, you may be aware that Russell, Jack Russell. You know, in between the full moons, uh, you you do write. Uh, you are part of the ITK scribes. Uh, we we write some articles along with Justin the Owl. Um, writing, like how did how did this come about as well? Because writing is a is a it's a particular discipline as well as a creative outlet. Yeah, I don't know if I'm too good with the discipline part of it, uh, <laughs> but uh, um, we'll see. I was I was all. I, I feel like, okay, when I was growing up, I never had, like, an outlet for my creativity. Mm -hmm. Like, I would draw, and I could never, I was never patient enough to draw really well. Um, never played an instrument. I like to sing, but I'm not good at it. <laughs> but, uh, but writing, it always gravitated towards me, because, like, you know, most people like comic books for the art, and I love the art, but I mm -hmm. like the story more. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, uh, I just, I took up writing. Like, I don't write as much as I sh should, and like, you know, to be honest, since the last time we've talked, I've been kind of uh, disgruntled with writing. Um, oh. I've I mean... hit kind of a, r a rough patch. Uh, yeah. I, Last time I was on the show, I was in negotiations where people had asked for like my portfolio and mm -hmm. do all this stuff, and then they've just ghosted me. Oh, so, yeah, that, can, uh, that can be disheartening for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, peaks and troughs. I mean, if you might, there might be a dry patch, um, but then again, you might find the pen again, and then you might, you know, you might pick it up but, and start. I'll tell you what, something that's really inspired me 
Yeah. Is I listened to your uh, Isla Raw with uh, Will Alred. Ah, yeah, yeah. And uh, man, uh, that got the that got the writing juices pumping for sure. So, oh yes, uh, I would I would love to have a chat with him to see how he goes about you know building a Kickstarter and finding artists because nobody around here wants to draw comics. So. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, a lot, a lot of the talent is overseas as well. I mean, and and the beauty but, these days is that you can do it because of emails and such. But yeah, right. Yeah, but I'm mean, happy, definitely. I mean, Will, if you are listening, um, please, uh, yeah, drop a line to Russell. Uh, but in any case, I'll uh, I'll uh, give you some of Will's details, Russell, as well. And um, for sure, I mean, Will, uh, he motivates me as well. He he really inspires me to write. Uh, as well, he, he's, he's a great, prolific writer. Uh, he's got a very good, um, how should I say, um, not regime. He's got a very good uh, routine um, with, with with keeping writing regular, which is um, I think you must do. I guess if you wanted to do something like like his Kickstarter, because we were saying that you know there's a lot that goes into it other than just the writing bit. So um, he, right. he's yeah he's phenomenal in that regards. Um, but yeah, just a big shout out to Will, a big shout out to his uh, his Kickstarter as well, the crossover division. Um, it's worth checking out. Uh, but yeah, okay, so and writing uh, Russell as well. We're talking comic book scripts. We're talking prose. What are we? What are we talking? Well, a bit of both. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I kind of had some ideas for some short stories. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've written a poem. Yes. I keep plugging the poem because I'm proud of it. Yeah, very good. Yeah, but uh, uh, but yeah, I've 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 kind of I've written a few comic scripts, like yeah, first and second drafts. Um, I, I like, didn't. I, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say I didn't realize how like I mean the format for a comic book script because I'm I'm kind of diving into it myself and. Uh, I didn't realize how much really goes into it as uh, you know being the writer because uh, the the format I'm using is from um, Greg Pack, um, the the comic book writer, and there's a lot of like you have to go really panel by panel uh, and, and you have to yeah. describe what each panel is and and I thought a lot of that was collaboration with the artist but it seems like the the writer has to have a firm idea of that so I'm finding it very challenging but a very fun uh, worthwhile exercise right. yeah well I I think you know, everyone does it differently. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I also, uh, used Greg Pack's, uh, template, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, and, uh, what I love about comic script is, okay. I find that when I'm writing prose, um, I kind of, I over descript things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I almost feel like I'm, uh, Tolkien or Stephen King, where I, I have to, I have to, you know, describe every little detail because you know we're always taught that you know you know you don't want to be bland in your writing, but you yes. also don't want to be too you know also don't want to be too descriptive. That's true. Like, yeah. um, especially with stuff like horror, like mm-hmm. it's it's scarier when you let the reader imagine it themselves. Wow, that's a good point. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, comic scripts, you kind of, you, you, you have a set in stone, like this is one panel and mm. you describe it in the panel 
and then you just say what the person says. I feel like it's a way to be really creative and you can still be a very fluent writer, but at the same time, you kind of have the um, the constrictions of being in a script format. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and no, I, I totally agree as well. It's just, it's just an extra thing to think about. Um, um, so I'm not sure if this is the right way to go. The way I go about it is um, I just... Um, release myself from that format and just I, I write it almost like a play just the dialogue and and then yeah. I'm trying to fit that into the format so it, it actually takes you know double the time um, of course I guess writers more attuned and used to the comic book script format would probably be able to just like write the dialogue in tandem with with considering the panel the layout um, you know any any captions that you need um, but it certainly keeps me keeps me off the streets <laughs> so um, well uh, yeah. I, I feel like in another lifetime Ray you would have yeah. been a fantastic uh, playwright or a uh, um, a radio show writer because <laughs> your 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 audio dramas are really well written and they're really oh. good oh thank you uh, but uh, yeah, well, it's it's so funny. Like you're mentioning about the the over articulation and overwriting it, and, and that's what I have learnt just doing that. Um, uh, writing a script and then going through that post post production process, like there are a lot more lines, and say a lot of the actors do record, and and I just take it out because it's like this is just too too much, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, I'm yeah slowly learning. Um, hopefully, a bit more economy in writing, um, rather than asking actors to 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 read a whole lot of lines that never make it to the to the final cut. But um, I, I still I still need to turn in my little. Uh, yes, I was going to write a little bumper or a, a post credits scene for. Uh, yes, please. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll act in it too. Yes, uh, oh for sure. I, I I've become known locally as doing very good impressions. So uh, ooh yes, <laughs> I've always I've always wanted to try my hand at voice acting, but it just seems like an incredibly draining job. Uh, but yeah, but uh, it, it, doesn't it sound like it is fun though, isn't it? Like it sounds like a fun yeah. thing to do, and and I've, uh, luckily a lot of people have been so receptive to it because. I guess it's something that you go, oh, I can do this, and you don't you don't have to perform in front of anyone. You can just do it, you know, in a room. Uh, yeah, yeah, I find it very appealing. Yes, yeah. for sure. Um, well, Russell, I think it's about time we should get into oh. fair listeners. We do have four desert island books that Russell has chosen. Uh, so these are books that Russell cannot live without. We're going to start with rank four. We'll go up to rank one. But before we do that, Russell, we usually whisk ourselves away somewhere else. So if you can just join me here, let's let's uh, let's leave this room. Yes, as we uh, as we walk down the corridors there. Uh, Russell, as always, I, I kind of give a, a quick tour. There's there's Mark Spector's bedroom with the jacuzzi, as always. Um, the door's a bit ajar there. Just don't poke your head in too much, you know, because whenever Marlene yeah. is, is about, there's always some sort of <laughs> shenanigans. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I'm just going to put my hand over my eyes and hold my <laughs> hand. So. Yep, no worries. Uh, we'll, we'll just, just follow my footsteps as we walk down. Here we are. I wanted to show you this. Yes. 
This is the in-house temple room. As you can see, it's quite solemn. There's not much in it but this huge statue of Khonshu. Um, oh, so- I just stepped in something. It looked, oh, oh my God, it's Bushman's face. Can we get that? <laughs> well, let me just ring, let me ring the bell. Oh gosh, we've got to get Samuels to, to, to take that away. Oh, it's Spectre always leaving stuff about, you know, he never cleans up after himself. Anyway, um, we're, we're in this room. Uh, okay, so if uh, we, we need to bow our heads. Hello, this is Konshu. What do you require this time? Ah, oh, hello. Uh, Conchu, hi. Yeah, this is Russell. Russell, say hello to Conchu. Hello, Conchu. <laughs> yes, it's Russell. Uh, a big fan of yours. We, uh, you know, uh, long-time listener, first-time callers, that sort of thing. Uh, Conchu, can we can we be whisked away? We've got Russell's books, uh, and we want to go somewhere relevant for his, uh, at least for his ranked third and fourth book. Is that something that you could do? Well, I suppose, Ray, it's been a while since... You've been asking me to do these little uh, tidbits for you, but hold on tight as well, Russell, and uh, I will whisk both of you away. Be gone. All right, Russell, I think we're about to head off. Uh, Get ready. I'm ready. All right, listeners, we'll be right back in a new location for you to go through Russell's four Isla books. Catch you soon. Hey there everyone, I'd like to tell you about the YouTube channel I Am Your Target Demographic. If you're a fan of comics, we have plenty that you'll enjoy over there, including a series called Heroes Like Us that explores comic characters of all sorts of different identities. And we even have a series that defines words that are used in nerd culture that you may not know what they mean. So you can check us out by heading to YouTube and searching I Am Your Target Demographic or look up IAYTD on any social media outlet. Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 187, and I am with special guest Jack Russell Moran, and we've just had a good chat. We've just been in the Grant Mansion, uh, Russell. Um, we are we are now in one of your first destinations here. A little bit icky. Yeah, a little sticky. What's going on here? I don't know. I mean, I guess it will all be revealed soon. Uh, I'm hearing some weird kind of sounds emanating from the walls. I've got some glop just falling on my shoulder and stuff. Let's hope it's not, you know, toxic or dangerous or yeah. venomous. There's a, there's a sign over here that says God is coming, and I'm kind of worried. So, God, yeah. I'm a little worried as well. I think Conchie is playing a little joke on us again. Always, always drops us in some weird situations, weird scenarios. But that's okay, we'll make do. Um, so welcome back, listeners. Uh, we're going to get straight back into this. This is Russell's four Isla Ra books. And coming in at rank number four, brrr, ding, we have Russell, Moon Knight, Volume 1, 25, subtitled Black Spectre. Yes, so this was your... Yeah. <laughs> this is one of your first of the four books. Now, Russell... Um, yeah. Albeit all the explanation on the other side of the break about your introduction and love for Moon Knight and Black Spectre, why this issue in particular? Um, well, it's Black Spectre's first appearance. <laughs> yes. Uh, the cover's great. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it was uh, I think it was one of the first Moon Knight comics I bought. Okay. Uh, uh, it's just it's just so good, and it's a double size, so you yeah. know, you know, yeah. I uh, I was thinking when I was trying to come up with my list, I was like, well, I can't really cheat and choose a graphic novel. And then I listened to the episode with Will Aurid, and he chose the graphic novel, and I was like, "What? What did he? Which one? Which one did he pick? I can't remember. I thought he did he. The funniest thing he chose the oh, exact German. one. Yes. Yeah, he. That's the exact one that I was going to put on my list. Ah, Triumph and Torment. Yeah, Torment yep. and Triumph. Whatever. But, yeah. Yeah, but I did not. So we're good. Yes, good. Well, Will, yeah, he, he likes to bend the rules, Mr. Allred. Yeah. <laughs> I think I let yeah. that one slip I, because, yeah. I also, uh, sorry, sorry, I, uh, I didn't, uh, you'll, uh, I don't want to give too much away, but I didn't include any DC books on my list, mm. and uh, I didn't include any indie books on my list. So that kind of narrows it down <laughs> to what we've got. But uh, I just wanted to clarify that I do love DC and indie books. Mm -hmm. But I kind of gave myself a little bit of a, a challenge by... Uh, it was like, okay, we're on a Marvel-themed podcast, so mm -hmm. I only want to pick Marvel books. And uh, yeah. I... I I was racking my brain. I was like, because it was, you, I know you take such glee and people have struggling. <laughs> but uh, uh, I wanted to include a Hulk book, but I was like, man, like, I don't think I can pick just a single issue of Hulk. It's like, True. it's so episodic and serialized and yeah. everything really good. I mean, if you're going for Peter David or Al Ewing or the Roger Stern stuff. Mm hmm. All of it's real good, but anyway, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I kind of, I feel like all the Isle of Ra's that I've listened to, no one has actually picked a Moon Knight book. Oh yeah, oh. I, yeah, I can't remember. I, no, I think that yeah, Josh. Geronimo! Has um, for sure. I know that at least. Um, he did a Warren Ellis one, issue five, one of my oh, favorite yeah. Moon Knight. Yeah. Um, no, but this is a great one, um, and, and, and also I was just about to say as well, Russell, it's, it's a great bit of rationalising, I think, from you, because it is a vast undertaking to try and figure out what four books you want to take, so um, making that conscious decision of just like aiming for the one publisher, you kind of like, I, I guess, shortlisted yourself um, really well in that, in that regard, so um, yeah, that, that's a really cool way to, to go about it. Um, yeah, just... I did uh, Sorry. I did want to shout out a few DC things. Yeah, real quick. for sure. Yeah. Um, I, we we don't have to discuss them because obviously I didn't have you read them. But mm -hmm. uh, Superman Annual Number Eleven uh, for the man who has everything. Oh yeah. That was that was in consideration, and I'm not even a huge Superman fan, but I oh. love that story. Yes. Because I love Mongol. Mongol, uh, me too. <laughs> uh. uh the, I can't remember the exact issue number, but it's the uh, Batman story called Fear for Sale with the okay. Scarecrow. Um, right. I also want to uh, shout out the uh, 
Oh man, I'm blanking on the uh, writer right now, so I'll go on to the next one. But, but the uh, Denny O'Neill question series. Oh, okay, I've heard it's very uh, good. Yeah. Oh, if you love Moon Knight, you'll love it, I think. Okay. Uh, it's very, uh, very 80s Moon Knight esque. Oh, lovely. Uh, um, uh, a quick indie shout out for uh, Rye from. Uh, yes, Spelling uh, Comics. The yeah. newer Rye series is oh. absolutely amazing. Uh, by Dan Abnett, is that? Or uh, no, the one by uh, was it Matt? Uh, Matt oh, Matt Vint? Matt Kent. Oh, Matt Kent. Yes. Yes. All oh, right. Okay. Yes. yes. That yes, one that one. is yep. uh, amazing. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, the uh, the other. I found the other. Uh, it's the Spectre run by. Uh, uh, John Ostrander. John Ostrander, yeah. And it's uh, very also good. JSA by Jeff Johns and uh, David S. Boyer. So. Oh, I mean, they're, they're good big ones. I mean, I've heard good things about all of them, really. Um, I've read the, the Rye, which I absolutely love as well. Uh, so, yeah, no, some, some great honourable mentions there, Russell. I'm going to have to um, pick that list off you as well, and I might add that in the show notes, uh, just, just as additional bonuses for listeners out there who may want to check those out. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about Black Spectre. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, for this, for, I, I thought this, is, this issue was phenomenal. It's, it's everything that is good about Doug Mensch and Bill Senkevich. Um, oh. Lead off with the art is just fantastic. I mean, you're talking about Black Spectre looking so cool. He does not look any cooler than in this, like, by Sienkiewicz. And um, I, yeah, oh my god. Especially, like, the scenes where Sienkiewicz does his, uh, I call it the trippy style. Yes. Where is it's that very, with, yeah. Is that with the Expressionistic. Specs? Yeah. yeah. What? Where, where it's kind of like he, he, um, he has a flex of, of ink on there. Yes. Like, yeah. 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 Oh, very and uh, you can definitely see that uh, Max Texera definitely took from Sienkiewicz when he drew uh, Spectre in the uh, mm -hmm. God and Country book. Because... Oh, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, oh man, the art is so good. And it's so like grim. Yes. And uh, when I'm reading this book, you know, when you read a Spider-Man book, uh, New York seems like a pretty swell place. But when you read a Moon Knight book, my God, New York seems like a shithole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, um, I know there's just so much meat in this in this story by by Doug Mensch as well. I just really really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, uh, it, it really again the Benson the Garden Country does take heavy leanings on this on this story as yeah. well. Yeah. So. Um, so for me, it's really 1A and 1B. Like, God and Country and this, to me, seem like one big story. Right, yes. But, uh, yeah. And obviously, he popped up briefly in between those two, but... Uh, mm, yes. Uh, yeah, um, and you see stuff like, um, which was alluded to in the Benson run, you see there's that relationship between Marlene and Carson. Um, they yep. interact a bit there with each other. Um, and you see this uh, again it's exemplified even more in the Benson run later on you see this this kind of like force that Black Spectre is on Moon Knight and he, he gets kind of easily defeated in this uh, yes. it just seems too fast too strong 
uh, yeah, so uh, immediately set up as a, uh, a formidable uh, enemy. We were talking earlier about I hate cowardly villains. Mm -hmm. Black Spectre is the antithesis of that. Yeah. He, yeah. Uh, he is, he is one of, uh, he's just so formidable. He literally beats Moon Knight in every aspect of his life. <laughs> he does. And it's he, great. He even beats him to like, he actually puts on the Cestuses before Moon Knight as well. And Moon Knight gets punched in the face with it. And so he decides, okay, I've got to wear Cestus. Like those spike knuckles myself. And, um, you know, some, some listeners will know that's one of my favourite uh, weapons of choice for Moon Knight. Because um, it's just, it's so, it's so, oh, uh, what is it? It's so gruesome uh, to have spite, oh, yeah. spite knuckles. Um, yeah. But th there are some interesting things here. So, so listeners, uh, uh, so in this issue, just a, a little, a quick rundown. Moon Knight is trying to convince basically um, the populace that you know that that Carson Knowles, this upstanding politician, is in fact Black Spectre, uh, and it's he's kind of met with derision first off, um, but at the same time, like so psychologically, I think Black Spectre is getting the better of Mark as well. Um, yeah, and so even like Marlene's against him, Frenchie's taken out. Uh, he gets uh, he gets beaten by uh, Black Spectre's minions. Who, who's he called? What, he calls them ghosts, right? Um, yes. Yes. And I coined that phrase the last time I was on the show. That's right. What's, what we could call the fans of Black Spectre. <laughs> That's right. Ghosts. Yeah, for sure. Um, Marlene's not in a good way. She has something she really wants to tell Mark. Get off her chest. Um, basically, she wants is to leave him. Is he ever in a good way? <laughs> no, I know. It'll be interesting to see her in the TV show. Um, oh, you know, she does. She does kick ass. Um, you know, she's not. Yeah. There's no shortage of that. But yeah, there's always something like she's unfortunately very. And could you blame her? She's unhappy with someone. Oh, like Mark Spector. I, I think it's. Yeah. I think it's a hundred percent. Like I'm not. I'm not dogging on her. I'm like she's. Oh, yeah. Her life is miserable. Yeah, it <laughs> so. is. Poor woman. Um, yeah. Uh, and also, this issue is quite gruesome as well. Again, I don't know how much you'd get away with in this day and age, but um, one of the guys that Black Spectre goes after, he ends up being hung in his car garage, um, kind of workshop thing. Uh, so really dark. You know, Mensch really is creating... This is this is true urban street-level stuff, you know. Um, and, yeah, no, I really, really enjoy it. Um, I would, I would love to see how, uh, how uh, a Spider-Man or a Daredevil would have uh, fought Black Spectre. Um, how they would have handled him. Obviously, Spider-Man has superpower, so yeah, it's probably going to take him down pretty easily. But or maybe a, a Punisher, you know. But get those other street-level uh, Marvel heroes involved with. Black Spectre because mm. he's kind of like a uh, I would love love to see a storyline where Black Spectre goes to war with Wilson Fisk ooh uh, yes maybe like you remember that Spider-Man story Gang War oh uh, was that in the, in the 80s yeah it was like uh Kingpin versus the Rose versus oh, yes, Hammerhead. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. 
and Spider-Man and Daredevil and uh, Punisher were in the middle. Yeah. And uh, well, I just add Black Spectre as like the fourth party in there. That would be great. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see him go up against. I know it sounds a little bit of a cliche, but again, he's one of. I, I like the Black Knight. I think that would be cool, just because of the aesthetics and. Um, I don't know what the... He's an Avenger Black Knight, and he's got the Ebon Blade. It's a bit different. Um, but as it goes, I, I reckon that'd have a lot of um, good tussles. Um, but street level, yeah. Get him... I don't know. Get him up against... It has to be someone who's not really too powerful. Like, you know, Daredevil, as you say, would be pretty good. Um, Doc Hawk. Doc Hawk. Doc Hawk is... He's pretty cool. He, he's people good. make fun of the talk, but I think he's pretty cool. And he's coming back, apparently. Yeah. So he, he's, he's so... I love it. He, he actually even beats Doom in, in the arrogance stakes. It's, it's really fun. Yeah. I love reading yeah. him. Yeah. Um, oh, actually, Russell, there's something. It looks like a head coming out of the wall. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Um, oh. We will find you and eat both your arms and then both of your legs and then we will eat your face right off your head. Oh, okay. Um, I'd, I'd somehow, I don't think we're in... I think this planet's kind of almost living, Russell. Oh, well, uh, well now I'm afraid. So. <laughs> and, uh, and listeners, with that, we're up to rank number three here. And this is the reason why we are in Clintar is uh, Russell, for your number three book, you have gone for volume four, number four of Venom by Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman. Now, yeah. I know I know exactly why you have picked this, and having read it, uh, I thought it was a great issue. Why don't you give the listeners a bit of a, a briefing as to what this one's about? Uh, this one uh, tells the origin story of Null, the god of the symbiotes. The god is and coming. Yes. It is, it is, uh, it is so good. <laughs> very different from, from Moon Knight 25. Uh, oh, all, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very cosmic um, based. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but why, uh, so basically this is the uh, the origin of Null. It actually explains a lot about the symbiotes. And what I liked is that it, it kind of addressed that whole thing of why they hate fire and why they hate like sound, like sonic sound. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, Null is a very interesting character. I remember you saying the last time we chatted, Russell, that you would consider him, uh, he'll be a mainstay and he's probably one of the best villains, right, that you consider? Oh, I, you know, growing up, like I said, I didn't have a local comic book shop. Mm-hmm. So I read old comics. I didn't. I didn't get to keep keep up with new stuff. Um, like I'd find comics at like a, a flea market or a yard sale or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, and that was before I realized. Oh, I can order online. But anyway, uh, <laughs> um, so just within the last six seven years, I've kept mostly up with modern comics mm-hmm. and like I I was always feeling like man there's just no villain, new villains that stick anymore mm-hmm. like 
there's no legacy, new legacy villains. Like, I mean, you got your Green Goblins, you got your your uh, leaders, and you know stuff like Red Skulls and Doctor Dooms. But every time they make up a new villain, they kind of just fall flat. Yeah. Uh, the first instance of a new villain that was created that I really liked was uh, Muse. They created Muse mm. in that Charles Soul Daredevil. Yeah. But then he kind of fizzled out after Soul left the book. Yeah. So, uh, and he, it, what, but he would, no. He would, uh, sorry, and Muse wouldn't be a... I mean, he is essentially street level as well, so wouldn't yes. cause yeah. ripple, ripples in the Marvel Universe. But Null definitely right. would, yeah. Exactly. Null is a new villain with a really cool uh, design, mm -hmm. a really cool origin, and what sold him for me, other than, you know, the look and just the idea that he's the god of the symbiotes, mm -hmm. is the, literally the first thing that we see him do is mm -hmm. kill a celestial. I know, that, that's no mean feat, you know, that's pretty... So where did he, like, because I did read this, but maybe I've, I've missed it. So where did he come from? Like, someone so powerful. Uh, is well, it, in the beginning, the there was... Way, sorry? The way that they describe it is that he just lived in that... In, in darkness. In That's darkness. just where he came from. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah, they're still being... Yeah, but he, he beheads a celestial, which is... A, Utterly amazing, and then you kind of get the the origins of the the symbiote, right? Um, um, he uses the head similar to like nowhere in the Guardians of the Galaxy. He uses that as his forge or his uh, his, his thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then. Um, yeah. Sorry. Uh, I was just gonna say that we've been we've been like indoctrinated to into thinking that celestials are like unkillable and. Mm. And Noel does it immediately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, it, it, explain this, Russell, then. So he, he kind of, um, so he builds his armor, you know, which is kind of like the symbiote armor. And um, and then he gets defeated, right? But he, he lands on a, on a planet, uh, and he starts kind of infecting those, those little furry beings with the symbiote. Yeah. Um, or he yeah. kills he kills them right, and and they they seem to be living on, uh, and then it just grows. But it goes to the point where, so, um, this is actually a nice little connection with Thor as well. So Thor has a little yeah. battle uh, with the do they call it the, the Beowulf, which is great. I love I love the the English literature connection. Um, yeah, I think it's the Grendel, which oh, is the Grendel. From, oh, okay, with from Beowulf. So. From Beowulf. Oh yeah, sorry, Beowulf. Um, I guess then they mistake. Did they mistake Thor as Beowulf? Um, because Beowulf is the hero that defeats the Grendel, right? So, right. Um, uh, also, so he... that that scene earlier where it showed Null in the black armor defeated. Uh, that was in Jason Aaron's Thor run. Oh, okay, uh, nice. Th there, there was there was this black armor and this gold armor just lying there and gore the god butcher uh stole the necro blade the black blade from this black armored body ah, ah. and so donny case is explaining who that black armored body was and it was null oh wow okay jeez yeah that's cool i like those ties that that is very that is very nifty 
Um, but then, yeah, I mean, it, then it goes. Uh, he, he creates, like, I guess, the min the minions, but they basically create this planet right to, to enclose. It's the, the cage. It, it encloses yep. uh, Null because why? after yeah, after Thor uh, hits him with the lightning, he like or hits the Grendel with the lightning. He uh, mm -hmm. he kind of loses his psychic connection with the symbiote, right. so they get. They gain sentience, and they're like, "Oh, we should probably put this guy away." Yeah, yeah, that's, that's I forgot about that. Yeah, so they, yeah, so Thor's lightning is the one that kind of severs that bond, and that's why they've imprisoned him. Um, it's such a he's such a scary character. He there are moments here where uh, you see him. He's, he's obviously holding Eddie Brock. Miles Morales is down there as well. But even when Miles strikes at him, he's got this very grotesque kind of look on his face. Um, yeah, he his design is somewhat similar to uh, another villain I really like as uh, Malkith uh, from Thor. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 comic version, not the movie version. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but uh, he's got a little bit of that in there. He's got a little bit of Joker in there, mm -hmm. and he's got you know obviously he's got some Venom characteristics like his tongue and uh, yeah. His and all that, but um, it's a very yeah, simple, just... a very simple design, right? But I think his his yeah. mouth, his mouth really defines him in that. Yes, yeah. Um, he's he's just man. I can't quite describe it. Like he's, I just love how powerful they made him. And you know, mm -hmm. some people might think that, oh God, here we go again, another villain that's just powerful for the sake of being powerful. But I feel like they do describe kind of why he's so powerful. Yeah. Um, and uh, Donny Cates just built up this slow burn. It starts off with a bang with this. But they're just now getting to, like, the climax of this story now. Yeah. And this was... Was it, what year did this come out? Was this 2016, 2017? Uh, uh, yeah, I think around then, yeah. Yeah. So, slow burn. Yeah. And uh, I won't spoil what's been happening currently, but, man, this story really has some big ramifications uh, in hindsight. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And... and and how does um how does Carnage fit into all this? He's a bit of a, a bit of a loose cannon of a symbiote, right? Yes, uh, Carnage comes into play a little bit later with the uh, the uh, Absolute Carnage. Yes, uh, I love that. Run. I love that. Yeah, man. that was really good. Um, Null uses him as an avatar, and I think that yes. that was really cool. It was ultra powerful. It was it was very yeah. very um, what you want. It really, it actually made Carnage yet yeah, full on uh, scary. So yeah, yeah. Um, right. So these are those are your two. Uh, look, I'm feeling a bit uncomfortable here, Russell. Um, you know there are little symbiote trendles everywhere. Um, I, after what you've described of Null, I don't think we should stay here. Yeah, I'd like to leave before God shows up. <laughs> yes, yeah, so uh, lucky we have a a, a little a, a line to to conch you. Conch you, are you there? What is it now, Ray? Yeah, conch you. Look, you know, ha ha ha. Very funny. You've got us into into Clintar. Look, we've got two more books for um, for talking with with Russell. Can you please whisk us away somewhere else, a little bit more safe? 
Well, I suppose so. Hang on tight. All right, Russell. Okay, I don't know where he's going to take us, but uh, but let's get out of here before you know, before someone bloody sucks our brains out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I feel a disturbance though. Uh, I, I do. Something doesn't. Wherever we're heading, wherever we're <laughs> heading is. It doesn't feel quite right. Yeah, there's a disturbance in something. Anyway, uh, hang on. Here, here we go. All right, uh, Russell. Hi. Jeez, I tell you what, I am relieved to be away from that mud ball of a slime yeah. planet. Um, nice and sunny. This is good, isn't it? We've got fresh air. You know, things are bright. Things are looking good. I still feel like there's something, uh, something just, you feel some kind of power circulating around you. I do. I do. I thought it was just, uh, I thought it was just my spacesuit just uh, overheating. But no, I think you're, I think you're right. Uh, actually, funnily enough, Russell, I mean, Conchie's changed our garb as well. We we appear to be in uh, military attire. I don't know why. But we'll, yeah. Oh, I think oh wait, we'll... a se- wait a second. Wait a second, Yeah. I recognize these outfits. Oh no. <laughs> oh. Uh, well, they've got to be better than the symbiotes. Um, anyway, maybe this will give clue to the listeners what we're on about. Um, Russell, for your rank two book. 2015, we've gone back a couple of years. Vader Down, number one, by Jason Aaron and Mike Diodato Jr. This is a great little read here, Russell. Why did you pick this one? And and how, how can this... Why why take this one to a desert island? Okay, so... I got a long answer and a short answer. I'll give the long one first. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me... Uh, as a kid who loved Star Wars and who loved Darth Vader, I think he's the greatest, arguably the greatest movie villain of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe his master might take the cake as the the greatest movie villain of all time for me, uh, <laughs> Emperor Palpatine. But uh, um, anyway, but in those original trilogy movies, we never get to see the Vader that we really want to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, in A New Hope, he's literally only in the movie for eight minutes. And, wow, uh, is that all? Jeez. Yes. Yeah. Jeez. Eight minutes. Uh, um, Empire Strikes Back, we see the Vader that we really want to see, but he, uh, when, he, when he's fighting Luke, obviously he's holding back because he's trying to constrain Luke, not kill him. Mm-hmm. And then in Return of the Jedi... He's holding back because he's starting to get the feels back for his kid. And uh, we don't see Vader at, at his uh, most powerful because he's he's turning good again. Mm-hmm. So we never but, see ba- Vader Max. <laughs> no. In the Marvel Darth Vader run by uh, Karen, Karen, Karen Gillen. Gillen? Yeah. yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> that that is the Vader that we have always wanted to see, and I, I was debating which one of these issues do I want to put on here because there's so many good ones. There's 
a great moment in the first issue where he goes back to tattooing and chokes out Jabba the Hutt. Mm. That one's cool. Yeah. There's one where uh, it's the exact moment that he finds out that the kid that blew up the Death Star is his kid. Ah. That's a great moment. That would be cool. And there's yeah. a there's a there's a moment later where Vader visits this planet. This one's funny and cool. And uh, these diplomats insist that he dances at this ball. What? And he's like, okay. And he basically just force grabs the guy and throws him all around the room a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But I chose this one because not only is it a good... This is the first crossover between the main Star Wars series and the Darth Vader Star Wars series from Marvel. Mm -hmm. I chose it for the last panel. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, that is one of the greatest lines in the history of comic books. That Hang is... What, oh, uh, for listeners out, um, out there, what, uh, what does Vader say at the end? Well, Vader has crash-landed on uh, Brogus Boss. I think mm -hmm. that's how you say it. Yeah. And he's surrounded by probably a, a battalion of rebel troopers. Yes. And uh, he tells them, he says, uh, he's like, Surrender, Lord Vader. We've got you surrounded. And Vader ignites his lightsaber and says, I'm only surrounded by fear and dead men. <laughs> That's right. That That is a pretty cool... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah, what does it he say? He says, um, yeah, about that as well. But he... Oh, yeah, I thought he, I thought he said something more, but, yeah, that that's so cool. That, and I've got to put it down to Mike Diodata's art as well. What I found really awesome in this was, was the story, because it was a... Well, it was a very quick one. Um, basically, Vader goes down to Rogus Vass and... Um, you know, he, he encounters Luke a little, um, you know, in in the in the air, um, but yeah, it all culminates culminates in basically Vader down. But this is a big setup for him down here. Um, but the art is just amazing in this. I mean, I I am a fan of Mike Diodato Jr. It can be for the most part he does great art. Uh, sometimes it falls a little flat, but his Vader is is fantastic. Oh my God, I I can't stress enough that. The Marvel Darth Vader series is is probably my favorite Star Wars thing. Like, wow. e even more than the movies, uh, okay. because Darth Vader is portrayed so powerful, so evil, but you also get glimpses into the man he used to be mm. and how and how he is suffering. Yeah. Now there's there's been three. Marvel uh, Vader series, and this was the first one. This one okay. takes place in between uh, the original Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. Mm -hmm. uh, the second one, which is also really good, is by Charles Soule, and uh, it takes place uh, in between uh, the prequels and the original, so we get to see Vader kind of coming into his own. Mm -hmm. And then the, there's a current one by Greg Pak, uh, I haven't read too much of it. I'm waiting for like the trades to really build up before I read because I like to read these in trade form because yeah, um, you just can't wait. But yeah. <laughs> for serial, <laughs> but yeah, but that first Darth Vader Marvel series by Kieran Gillen is amazing. I, I would recommend it. it. 
recommend it to any Star Wars fan, even if you're like a casual Star Wars fan. Yeah. Well, who, that, who always wanted to... Yes. Sorry, he always wanted to crack into it. And... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, I am very much in that mold as well, a casual fan. Um, I've got Marvel Unlimited, so I'm very happy. I might I might check that out then. Uh, Russell, like that Karen Gillan one. Um, very impressed with this Vader down. The artwork, again, there's this splash page of the the destruction that Vader leaves in his wake, and you have corpses um, of people floating in space after he destroys all you know, a couple of the X-Wings. Um, oh, yeah. It's really, really cool. And just the aerial fights, or the space fights, I guess, with the X-Wings and, and Vader, uh, just, it is phenomenal, the artwork. Um, not only Diodato Jr., but the colorist and the inkers as well, they do a great job. Uh, and it, it, it just shows, it doesn't it? It shows how good a pilot Vader is. I mean, he's won against, what, a, a few squadrons? And he yeah. just, he lays waste to one squadron? This is like yep. one ship. And uh, they're even confused at the beginning, going, oh, it must be like a maybe a scout ship or something it's lost its way um but then it's just vader just starts attacking them and uh yeah it's amazing really good stuff very fun we also uh, there's a the characters that were introduced into that series were uh dr afra her her two droids yes uh the two droids are great they're hilarious they in but in a very awkward way because they're so sadistic like yes. Yeah. yeah. They are. They. It's a. It's an assassin droid that is looks like a protocol droid, like C three PO. So, it's, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm looking at this. Um. So it says in a very matter of fact way. How splendid! Did you hear that? BT. We get to torture and exterminate indiscriminately. So, it's like oh, it just it puts me off because you you know. But it's that's good. It's it's done it in a very good way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're they eventually got their own series, Doctor Afra and yes. them. So, uh, yeah. I'm pretty happy. I think I got I think I got the first appearance of Doctor Afra in I think it was Darth Vader. Is it number four? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I got that. Yeah. apparently but she's like about right. Yeah, I think, and she's apparently gone on to become this very popular character. So, um, you know, yeah, there's uh, r- rumors rumors she might be getting a Disney Plus show. So that would be pretty cool. Yes, I heard. Uh, there's a rumor, pure pure rumor. Um, uh, before we get onto the last book here, sorry, Russell. Um, uh, my, I went to my LCS as well, and there were a few actors from Shang Chi because um, they they filmed in Australia. Actually, made it to the comic yeah. book store, and one of them was Aquafina, and she picked oh, up okay. a lot. And she picked up a lot of Doctor Afro comic books. So there's a bit of a rumor that that she might be part, or she might be Doctor Afro, or she might be in that um, in that show. Yeah. So there you go. A bit of a scoop there for anyone listening. <laughs> so really, I really think that this uh, this series as a whole uh, is the reason that we got uh, the the really cool Vader scene at the end of Rogue One. Oh yeah. Because yeah. In that movie, he's written very similar to how he is in this comic. Well, and that, so that was like, yeah. If you like the snarky, but oh, but very sadistic and powerful Vader, like in Rogue One, you will love this comic. And yeah. also, um, there was something else recently where they let just let Vader go ham. Uh, I think it was the. Um, Oh, it was the Jedi uh, Fallen Order uh, video game. 
spoilers. Okay. He, he shows up at the very end of that, and he's just <laughs> he's so powerful that you can't even fight him. You have to run from him. Oh wow! Oh. Jeez. So, uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's cool. I mean, yeah, I mean that Rogue One scene at the end. I think that got every fan of bars. It was like the first time on screen that you see Vader actually doing what everyone wanted him wanted to see him do, and that was to show off how powerful he is. Um, yeah. Similar to again, I'm, I'm, I think it's time enough now as well. Similar to the end of the Mandalorian, where we yes. really get to see a particular character just kind of unleash, which is awesome. Oh, I love that as well. Um, I love that they kind of. I mean, if you look at that scene side by side with Vader, yes, it's the same. It's the same thing. Yeah, the styles. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and and it shows, I guess, how related they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, well, this is all culminating, Russell, to your last book, your number one. This is your book that you would, for absolutely sure, <laughs> bring to a desert was, island. Was it, it is, a surprise for you at all, Ray? Was it? Not, not really. I was kind of like, as I was going through your list, I was kind of like, okay, check, check. I, I can see why, I can see why. It's like, where? ah, there he is. <laughs> and so for <laughs> listeners... The number one book for Russell, for Jack Russell Moran, is not Werewolf by Night. It is Amazing Spider-Man 250, written by Denny O'Neill and artwork by John Romita Jr. So for those that are familiar with the issue, this does have a hobgoblin in it and Spider-Man. Um, and yep, yeah, so Russell, apart from the obvious, uh, I guess, why 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 choose this issue to take on a desert island? Well. First, I just want to—I I don't mean to be that guy—but this was not written by Denny O'Neill. Oh, this was, wasn't it? Oops. Yep. It was uh, Roger Stern wrote this. Ah, okay, excellent. I shall blame Samuels for that. Samuels, <laughs> your notes suck. Okay, anyway. <laughs> old, old hot toddy, and now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Ah, oh, Samuels. Well, that's docked one week's pay. There you go. Um. <laughs> Right, so Roger Stern, of course. I mean, you mentioned it prior as well. Like um, uh, Roger Stern run, uh, two hundred fifty. Why, why this one out of the many appearances of Hobgoblin in in Amazing Spider-Man? Why this one? Um, well, okay, I chose this one for a variety of reasons. The first one being this is my favorite Marvel Comics cover ever. Mm. Um, good one. Just the fire in the background and Hobgoblin looking so awesome. And Spider-Man just looks like he's struggling. He's just... <laughs> and also the little the little thing in the corner that says, it's Hobgoblin, and he says, it's great, steal it. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. I love that. Yeah. Um, I actually have this, this floppy signed by Roger Stern. I met him at oh, a wow. Comic-Con like eight years ago, so... It's it's my dream. It's my dream to like interview that man before he uh, becomes one with the force. Uh, but uh, how was he like when you did get it from him? Like, was he a pleasant chap? Or yeah. oh, he was. He. I mean, it was really a, a quick interaction. You mm-hmm. know, he was. Uh, he was very nice. Um, I just told him that. You know, hey, you created my favorite villain of all time. Mm. <laughs> he was just like, "Well, thank you." I, he was probably just like, "Get out of here!" But, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, he signed it for me and all this. And 
It was uh, that was actually the same con where I got Hobgoblin's first appearance. Okay. Uh, I also, but uh, I didn't want him to sign the first appearance. I wanted him to sign two fifty. So uh, um, nice because it was more it was more sentimental to me. The other yes. reason I chose this is because, well, let's be honest, Ray. I really could have put forty nine, two forty nine, two fifty, and two fifty one as three of my four <laughs> because to me that's the culmination uh, not only of roger stern's run but of the hobgoblin like after this tom defalco took over and kind of made the changes yes the massive who, changes who he, yeah yeah to who he thought the hobgoblin should be yeah and uh yeah i just feel like you know when you open this book the first one of the first pages says this might be the greatest Spider-Man comic ever <laughs> written. Yeah. And I don't know if I don't know if that's true, but uh because really as I was rereading this, I was like, well, I don't know if I should have chose this because it's just mostly set up for the next one. Mm. But there's a lot of good character stuff in this, I think. Oh, and yeah. uh and it also just shows you that the Hobgoblin is so underrated. Uh, he, mm. he, like, it's the, it was the biggest mystery. The readers were just like, who is this guy? Yeah. You can even, like, look at old, uh, from the letters pages and stuff, people guessing who it is. And a lot of people thought it was J. Jonah Jameson. Mm. Uh, uh, you know... There was people that thought it was Harry Osborne. There was people that thought it was Ned Leeds, oddly enough. Yeah. Uh, I think there were a few people that guessed who it really was because reading this in hindsight, you kind of get the get the little breadcrumbs he was leaving that he would eventually reveal in uh, the Hobgoblin Lives uh, miniseries from 96 oh. where he got to come back and... I almost picked one of those as my four, but um, oh. yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, this this is chock full. Like this is a a Roger Stern book, so it's really cool. There's a lot here going on. I love the use of the um, hobgoblin, hobgoblin, as you say, uh, his interaction with Spider-Man. I love the idea that he sprayed him with that that gas that kind of nullifies his um, spider sense. Uh, yeah. And he, he gets wind of, in this issue, he gets wind of the spider tracer as well. He starts studying that. So very much a calculating uh, villain, not just your kind of your Sandman or your, your Hydro Man, that sort of ilk. Right. Um, I, but there... I prefer the uh, I prefer the intellectual, the, yeah. the, the cold and calculating villains, but ones who can also take care of themselves, and Hobgoblin definitely can. Oh, yeah. Because... No. He's 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 no he's no wuss. He's no slouch, and um, yeah, he certainly can handle himself as well here. But there are so many other things here within, like a typical, I guess, a, a very typical of a Spider-Man book. There's so much going on, which I really enjoyed. Um, yeah, the interaction of J. Jonah Jameson with Spider-Man. I love how Spidey just like gives it back to him, like, "Yeah, you bloody old hypocrite! Like, what are you talking about?" And yeah. they have this argument yeah. in the in the apartment. Um, but J. Jonah Jameson at the end of this issue, um, that, that's kind of the climax. He releases that story, right? He, he's he's talking about um, it was, what was it titled? I created the, the Scorpion, an editorial yeah. confession. 
Um, so there's a lot of this playing around at the moment as well. Um, yeah, so and it's great. I mean, and you get the little things as well. Uh, this is very small, I know, but like the stuff like the spider, spider torch or the spider belt thing. I love saying that. Um, yeah, you don't see that often enough. Um, but even the fight with Hobby towards the end was really cool. Um, yeah, uh, and, and their their fight, their fight in the next issue is, it's pretty much the whole issue. So wow, um, and it's like a really cool sequence where they're fighting while on a van as it's going through like it's going full speed on the highway. So <laughs> yes, uh, you know action really action stuff. move. Yeah, action movies eat your heart out. That's a <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, even also the love. I love the little domestic um, touches as well. I can't remember her name. She's the landlord of Peter Parker. She's up on the roof. Um, oh yeah, yeah, whacking yeah. her rug, and, uh, and because... who's there? Sorry, she's she's just like Ooh, who's there? Yeah, exactly. But he doesn't have the spider sense, so it just shows how much he relies on it, and he could have easily be found out by her. Uh, that he was going yeah. into Peter Parker's apartment, that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, now this is... I mean, you even get, like, I'm having a look at a bit of the Kingpin in there as well. Um, uh, a bit of a... In that, that was in a flashback, I guess, of him saving uh, Spider-Man. Yeah. So, yeah, um, really good really good art. Uh, John Romero Jr. is a bit different as well. Not oh. his usual... Yeah, his, his style would evolve into much more of a... I don't even know how to describe it. Animated look. Yeah, yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. This this is more trying to emulate his dad, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yep. Yeah. Which he does a really good job. Uh, yeah, it's it's great to see like the artists being able to do these different styles. Um, but no, certainly certainly good. Um, I, I thought I love the art all the way throughout as well. Um, and uh, yeah, of course, Peter Parker then resorting to his uh, intelligence and his gadgetry and he pulls out one of the old kind of spider sense um, trackers because yeah. he doesn't have that tracer so um, I like I like it when Peter dives into his you know his actual inventiveness yeah um, yeah. yeah which is kind of over- yeah overlooked sometimes um, I love I love that uh, Hobgoblin he uh, he deduced that oh Maybe Norman knew who Spider-Man was, and maybe I can find that out. Mm, now, obviously, yes. obviously, we don't get a payoff for that, but um, because Spider-Man uh, sets fire to Norman's uh, files or whatever. So. <laughs> of course, those papers just like loosely left out there while in the middle of a fight. I mean, not the best idea from Hobgoblin, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, really, really good. Um, so yeah, uh, any other final thoughts on on this last issue, uh, Russell? Uh, I just think if you're a Spider-Man fan, you should really read Roger Stern's run. Uh, it's really good. Um, yes. His original run, and then the Hobgoblin Lives uh, mini series that he got to write about ten years later. Mm. Um, I also think Hobgoblin was really cool in the uh, M. What was that imprint called the? M2 universe with Spider-Girl. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, they uh, Tom DeFalco brought Hobgoblin into that, and he was really cold and calculating and powerful in that. Um, wow. 
but uh, yeah, good stuff. <laughs> nice good one. Stuff. Nice one. Well, um, well, thank you. Uh, oh, Russell. Oh, hang on. Sorry. Hello, Russell. I think it's, I think it's Darth Vader. Is that over oh there? my god. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, yes. Hello. Uh, hello, Darth. We're just your typical officers here, of course. Nothing, nothing too suspicious at all. He's as clumsy as he is stupid. <laughs> uh, anyway, Darth, don't mind us. Uh, we're we're just here um, to, you know, surveil. We're, we're we're against the rebels. Don't worry. We're we're doing our thing. We're just having a bit of a chinwag. That's all. We're talking about Spidey. You're a big, you're a big Spidey fan, aren't you? Yeah, I'm sure you are. You may dispense with the pleasantries, Commander. Uh, I'm a big fan, Darth. Oh, 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 he's, oh he's choking me. Oh. Perhaps you think you're being treated unfairly. <laughs> Darth, that's not very. That's not a very nice thing to say. Uh, anyway, you know we we do have a mighty god on our side. Anyway, Darth, you know we have Conchu. You know, have you heard of him? Don't make me destroy you. Oh, okay. Well, let's just leave that at that. <laughs> anyway, uh, Russell, uh, a, a huge thank you, <laughs> a huge thank you on Rogus Vas on here. Um, a little guest appearance there from Darth Vader, but uh, a, a massive thanks for coming on the show and for having a good old chat. Yeah, I I always have fun talking with you, Ray, and uh, I would love to come on and discuss. Uh, when Moon Knight battles the Hobgoblins, uh, oh. sometime. Oh, I'll, I'll pencil it in. You, you'll be the you'll be the guy I'm going to go to for that. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. And it's always fun to fun to chat with you, Russell. Uh, it's great to actually expand it beyond as well. Although we are a Moon Knight podcast, it's great to expand it and talk about other stuff as well. It's just um, uh, yeah, yeah. I think you and I are along the way, same wavelengths with a lot of stuff. Um, so before we head off, Russell, is there anywhere that um, loonies may uh, find you and may contact you if they want to, to, to learn more about uh, stuff? Any questions on Godzilla, Darth Vader, any of your favourite rogues? Uh, you know, I, I'm in the, the Into the Night Facebook group. You can find me in there. And uh, my Twitter handle is at FussyRussy8960. So, yeah, that's that's where you can find me. No worries, and they will be in the show notes as well, loonies. Of course, as well, Russell, you are in our Discord server too, uh, known as the Jack Russell Moran, which is good. So mm-hmm. you can find you can find Russell there. This is actually where we're. Um, oops. Well, you know, if we aren't on Rogus Vast, this is where we would be communicating via Discord. Right. Um, yes. So a big thank you once again, Russell. Uh, listeners, next phase we have. Uh, so this is the only episode for this week, only because uh, all of our sessions are big sessions, um, so they deserve the full week to themselves. Uh, next phase we have a first quarter, so we'll have an idle chat first at the uh, the beginning of the week, and that topic will be who draws the best Moon Knight. That should be fun to to discuss. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you've got your your uh, your picks there, Russell, as well. Um, and uh, towards the end of the week, with the first quarter, we have Conchu's Relics. So what we're going to do, something a little different, we're going to look at some of the reviews on online of Moon Knight stuff, whether they be toys or the comics or the graphic novels or, you know, what have you. And our special guest co-host will be Josh... Geronimo! 
Johnson. So that, this will be fun. It's going to be fun, Russell, to go through what people kind of rated, you know, whether it be the Moon Knight fan films or, um, yeah, yeah, basically some of the arcs. Um, apparently there are a lot of funny funny feedback and responses from it, so it should be good. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, I uh, This is kind of a side note. Uh, I... I'm in very early pre-production on uh, some podcasts of my own. Oh, nice. Uh, yes. Um, uh, mostly uh, revolving around uh, pro wrestling. But okay. I have an idea for one that I would love to have you on, Ray, at some point. My, uh, my pitch is to do, which kind of the theme of this whole episode, is a podcast where each episode we spotlight a different comic book villain oh nice one yes yes i mean i mean to my knowledge (laughs) to my knowledge there's not one that just talks about villains that's Uh, a great idea it's an awesome idea that is an awesome idea um yeah villains are always kind of overlooked i think um just just quickly as well i always have that thought like with the mcu films right you know how you know how we all get worked up and stuff of of um heroes overlapping onto other films and all that that should be done with villains as well they shouldn't always be killed off you know you should be able to see villain i would love to see an acts of vengeance um on on tv on on film you know and you have the likes of vince d'onofrio you have um you have loki you have uh you know all the villains um together i think that'll be great Um, but a podcast geez russell that sounds great i'll I'll be in for sure yeah maybe we can talk about black specter again or uh absolutely or we can we we might need to give the the floor to a different villain because i think we've talked about (laughs) black specter enough yeah, we can give it to a, I don't know leapfrog <laughs> no. someone really bad no. Um, no that's awesome no a big the thank you once again laser. <laughs> yeah it'd be cool <laughs> the mad thinker <laughs> oh yeah. we could do killer strike oh yeah oh yeah Simon Maddox for sure <laughs> I, I think I think that podcast would get about uh, four listens <laughs> <laughs> the Simon Maddox fan club yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Willie, uh, we better get out of this planet before Darth comes and strangles us again, Russell. So, a big thank you once again. Yes, thank you for having me. No worries. And uh, Looney Listers, we'll catch you later. Loonies, you can contact us through various social platforms. You can drop us a line on email at itkmoonnight at gmail.com we have a facebook page facebook.com slash itkmoonnight and a facebook group facebook.com slash group slash itkmoonnight we are on twitter our handle is at itkmoonnight and we're on instagram tumblr youtube to search for into the night a moonlight podcast we're also on a discord just search for the server Into the Night with a K. Please leave an iTunes rating or review if you can. It helps us reach other loonies out there too. Also, if you have any feedback, we also look to improve ourselves and the show. Finally, we're on all good podcast catches. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Also on PodCoin. Please check us out. 
and share episodes with your friends. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners. Leave them to me. I will deal with them myself.